morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater podcast number 78. Uh, today, we are continuing our podcast series on OVAs. So this is the uh, OVA Love Fest part two. Um, yeah, so previously we talked about OVAs, which stand for Original Video Animations. They are a form of uh, Japanese animation um, that originated in 1983 when home video uh, was just really starting to take off worldwide. And, um, you know, it's exactly what it means. It's animation that was created directly uh, for the uh, home video market. So it's animation that did not air on TV first, didn't air, didn't, you know, hit the theaters first. It was straight to video. And, uh, you know, these things exist in this strange interstice between uh, TV and movies, right? Because, um, you know, they, they're, they're not limited by TV broadcast uh, limits. They're also not confined to a, a theatrical uh, format. You know, they can be as long or as short as they want, as many installments as they want. Uh, in modern times, you know, the equivalent is probably something like a Netflix miniseries, right? But uh, back then, back in the 80s, OVAs were uh, just very special, very unique format. Um, some of the most interesting, unique, niche animation in the world was created in this format. And, uh, and we love it. That's why we love it. So yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, but before we get too far, uh, let's do a quick roll call. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. Um, I, I have a background in uh, art and animation. I run a studio uh, called BitEgg, uh, indie game developer. I also do a lot of uh, art uh, contracting. And uh, I love all things art. And I'm super happy to be here with my buddies talking about uh, art and beautiful things every week. All right, Sean. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. I edit the podcast. I am... Uh... The U, UI UX guy. I'm a, a interface designer, UX director. Uh, work with Richmond early uh, early in our career to do a bunch of games and stuff. Uh, then I did more things, and then I was at Blizzard for five years, and uh, now I run design teams at NDXT, which is still gaming, PC gaming. So I just love gaming and art and stuff as well, and that is why I'm here to talk about it. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. This is uh, James Stanley, the resident fighting game expert at uh, Art Eater. Uh, when I am not actually working uh, with Richmond at BitEgg, uh, I am uh, doing character design work, uh, freelance uh, storyboard work, and uh, I'm excited to be here as I am definitely a byproduct of the OVA era. So uh, definitely have some exciting stuff to talk about. I'm glad to be here. Hey there, what's up everybody? It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, it's Adam Mattis right here, also international taekwondo fighter, and it's back. It's great to be back here with the crew once again. But yeah, I'm really excited to get back onto this. It's going to be a really, really fun one. We've been having some good chats just prior to this, but overall, I think everyone's just generally jazzed and excited to be back here doing this. Uh, I am, as I said before, I'm a game and level designer, pixel artist, international taekwondo fighter. I've been doing all of these for like a vast period of time, most notably even like taekwondo for like a large period of my life, even just getting a bit more into that. I've actually never even really said this on the podcast before, really because I've not gone into it funnily enough, but yeah, like I am actually like a Songkran uh, European champion. I've fought in like the minus 80 kilogram division for a long time and I'm getting back into fighting again. I took a little bit of a short nice. break, but next month I'm having a fight again here in Manchester for the first time for in a while and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I just wanted to talk about that. I'm going to start speaking about the training process and how that's even gone for me, getting back into fitness, getting back into shape and just being ready to do what I used to do, which is win and continue to do that. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, 
But to get back into the podcast stuff, I go by Adrian on Twitter. You can find me over there at Adrian Mattis. Uh, love to retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. If anyone wants or needs anything pixel art related, hit me up. But I'm going to pass this over the baton, so to speak, to our wonderful, illustrious guest, Jesse Lamb. Take it away. Hey, uh, nice to meet you. I am Jesse Lamb. I am a principal concept artist at Brass Line Entertainment. And uh, I graduated from a Sheridan's animation degree program quite some time ago, a very long time ago. So I am very much an animation nerd, very much much an animation nerd so explains my uh, my big obsession with anime but also how it applies to video games uh, now that i work uh, in the video game industry yeah awesome awesome right we are so excited to have you back and yes yes we are gonna nerd out about all this good stuff Absolutely. Right. Just again, thanks so much for making the time. This is going to be yeah, so much yeah. fun. Let's run it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking about like anime in the morning, it's actually pretty, you know, it's actually part of the course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I love about this podcast. It's uh, This is all the stuff we'd be talking about anyways. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> exactly. This is a good excuse yeah. to just get together and chat. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. uh, just real quick, last time we just sort of generally introduced uh, the, the, you know, the topic of OVAs, we went into what they are, gave like a brief history, and then we just kind of jumped all over the place as we do. Um, so I think this time, uh, each of us have um, thought of, uh, we're, we're going to, we, we've each picked an, an OVA, I believe, that, that, that is uh, dear to our hearts that we are going to discuss. So we're, we're going to focus on specific titles this time. So who wants to go first? I well. do. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I've been wanting to get this out of my system for like yes. ages. So uh, the one formative OVA that I watched as as a young artist was Soul Bianca, the Legacy OVA. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It is yeah, all I seem one. to talk about because, uh, well, it's kind of obscure, but it has everything that you would expect to see in a, a work of sakuga uh, a masterwork of animation it's like it's almost like movie quality but it's also an experimentation into digital compositing it's the first of its kind it has a little bit of uh integration of 3d elements mm-hmm. which is also pretty early on. it's just it's just there was a lot of really interesting sci-fi ideas that were crammed into the show and it's about women who are space pirates i mean it, it just boggles my mind their their spaceship is beautiful and sleek and it has this uh, art nouveau take on ui that some people might be really into but that sort of like turns that manifests itself as giant holograms that they use for like spaceship attacks uh, and battle scenes. And it just boggles my mind that more people are not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a beautiful series. Um, we, we really got to get more people into it. it it's, it's so worth revisiting. Absolutely. I mean, that's a series that I would love to see get a remake because what story there was it was very broad strokes it never really got too specific so i think it would be a fantastic 
way to like further expand the world building that they've established in not just the OVA, but the prior two movies that they created back in the late 80s. Mm. Which is mm. really weird because that because uh, watching the, the newer OVA first and then the older movies just kind of gave me more context on on uh, like the the IP itself. It was, it was one of those space seed uh, sci-fi tropes, but completely completely like uh, revamped, but for the for the late 90s where everybody was just really into sci-fi but also into fringe science sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Like what what would you uh, what what are those fringe elements that that set it apart? Would you say? Uh, the idea of like quite literally hooking somebody up into a uh, a ship uh, UI or AI as it were in one of the scenes from the OVA it basically shows somebody who has been in cryostasis but has shown signs of being vivisected as it were mm. and during the entire series uh, this person this character her name is June. And uh, she has this uh, psychic connection with the ship and could call it over at any uh, point, at any place in the universe if she wants, which is kind of neat. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man, Solbiak. Th this, um, this was actually one of the things we connected uh, over on, on, on Twitter a couple of years ago. I, think, I mean, I, I've, always, I've long been an admirer of, of, of your, your art, and, and mm -hmm. we've chatted here and there, but... Um, I remember it was specifically Sol Bianca where we were like, oh, man, um, the art, especially the art and the... the... Now Yuki Onda is like yes. the goat, right? Yes. Like he, yes. he does James character, character animation. He does character yes. animation. He does yes. uh, like a character design. He's an animation director as well. He has ghosted uh, like animating on other, other series, but like as an unknown, but people were able to like pick him out. Um, he animated oh, yeah. in fucking Gundam. My brain yep. is just melting. Like Whoa, this is—he would have been like wow. another Satoshi Khan, right? But he—he he just doesn't seem to like want uh, to have that level of creative control. I guess yeah. I don't know. It's—it's it's very strange because he—he's not quite a household name. But if you look at his resume, and it is a long resume. Yes, I mean, it everywhere. is everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Oh My Goddess, Armitage the Third, which which was the first thing that I noticed. Wow. Uh, battle Ooh. athletes. Oh. Berserk. He was the character Whoa. designer. What? For the, yep. Ergo Proxy. He was Shinichiro Watanabe. Yeah. Oh my yep. God. That's quite a resume. Those are all excellent. Um, yes. Yeah. Also, oh also, my God. also, also, the most oh, probably one of the most recent things I've seen him was in, and also. Uh, Blade Runner Black, like it, it's not the CGI one, but it's the hand animated one. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, uh, I, I know which one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the the the, yeah. the prequel, yeah, yeah, the one Black directed by uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. Yeah, he, exactly. he was a character designer, right? Yeah, yeah. yes, beautiful yes, character yeah. designs. F Flying Lotus yeah. did music on that as well. It was fantastic. Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. If anyone wants some of that, like tech noir, sort of like cyberpunk, like sick ass yeah. looking, like main characters and stuff, like. Definitely, always some beautifully choreographed, like well choreographed, some beautiful fight choreography with respect to like the ways in which the like, areas of it were animated too. Like we'll end up talking about that soon too. But I mean, like yeah, like honestly, like 
that was one of the standouts from like I think 2017 when it came out or something like that 2018 2017 but yeah it was, yeah. It was great yeah yeah yeah, I, I okay. I, I didn't even realize this before this conversation. Uh, Naoyuki Onda was the animation director on Digital Devil Story Megami Tensei, which is a lot of what? people don't realize uh, the wow. Shin Megami Tensei games. They started off as an adaptation of this anime, uh, which was, I believe, based on a book. Uh, but but this he so he's core he's core to the creation of the Shin Megami Tensei series. <laughs> so everyone should oh my remember God. this name. He's influenced like everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like he has such a wonderful sensitivity for details and oh, not yeah. uh and like and facial features and body yes. shape. It's like yep. it's like he it's not cookie cutter uh like switch somebody's eye color or their hairstyle and boom, you got a different character. No, no, no. This guy yeah. goes to the structural level, much like Satoshi Khan and uh my brain is blanking out. But uh, the character designer on Ghosts in the Shell and Memories as well. Oh yeah. Um, uh, 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 oh gosh. Oh, how could I? Uh, Hiro oh, Okura. Yuki Okura. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, Hiro Yuki. Yeah, yeah Hiro Okura. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my brain just took a while to yeah, catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's cool. so many so, synapses so like, firing off. It is so off. rare. Yeah. It is so rare to find somebody who can actually respect uh, body shapes and facial features yep. from different nationalities the way this guy does. It's bonkers to me. Which is yeah, yeah which is why when I saw this series, I saw um, the characters are all named after months of the year. So uh, bear with me. Feb is like the only. Uh, black adjacent character in the show and he replicates the, and simplifies the look of her curls in such a very convincing way that my brain is just kind of broken a little bit because the last time i saw anything this precise was with uh with uh vampire hunter d bloodlust yes the little oh, hairs, yeah, the yeah. little flyaways, those are some really tiny details. And this guy goes and designs them, bakes them right in there, and animates them. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. He, he, he brings, like, this really classical uh, level of depth to, to his character designs, you know. Th th this is someone who who's really, really mastered, like, drawing on that 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 super technical classical level like he you know like the the course did is in I'm, I'm i'm mangling how to pronounce that i can't pronounce french but you know like that classical like how you know he, i how to draw the human body in, yes. in the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. idealized classical way it's been the blueprint yeah. for like hundreds of years like mm -hmm. he this guy definitely mastered that because you, you you feel that that weight in his work but then he like simplified it even he streamlined it even farther for animation like his, his designs work yeah in animation exactly. that's what's they, really they work phenomenal. in rotation like they don't yeah. he doesn't cheat angles or anything he finds this inner structure and then yep. like, animates it in 3d space at least on, on a piece of paper right yeah. but mm. what's interesting though like what you what you, you guys probably don't know is that uh, early on in the 80s this guy very much influenced by patrick you know those 80s hair uh like graphic design uh portraits of women that you see in oh, yeah. salons and the like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah James knows like... those, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, quite, exactly. quite a bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy was a major fan of, of, of Nagel and incorporated some of that, uh, some of some touches 
into his work. And then later mm. on, starting with Sol Bianca in particular, he took on so much from Alphonse Maria Mocha. Like, yes. Mocha! Oh, he yes. made Mocha yes. animatable! Like, this is yes. insane! Oh, he did, absolutely. Yeah. Right? So yeah. cool. And that became like the cornerstone for his visual style in everything. And he was able to like adopt it in many stylized ways. Like he would like push it, his drawing styles a little bit more to the semi-realistic when it comes to Berserk, or he will sort of like scale back a bit with uh, Psychopass or, or Ergo Proxy mm. where, the, where the noses are a little bit narrower and, and slimmer, yeah. right? Yeah. So like this guy is a veritable beast, a versatile beast beast yeah yes very much oh so. my gosh yeah um i the especially in soul bianca there's a voluptuousness to all the characters and i i don't just mean like oh they have big boobs or what i mean like just really tactile like physical yeah. like like three-dimensional mm -hmm. like yeah like you can feel their the weight volume, yeah yeah, just yeah. such a good sense of volume, and 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 they also they, they really seem like 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 women, you know. Yes. They, 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 yeah, they don't seem like abstracted ideals of like no. you know, of, of 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 young ladies. They seem like these are like fully fleshed out, like real people. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, like that was one of the things that like when I was like watching this stuff, I was like how can someone have the command of a pencil and make me believe a reality that I know is flat, but it is so dimensional. It is so like, you can almost sm smell like the world of Sobianco. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how else to de describe it. Cause I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I know it's not real, but it feels so real that I just, it's like, damn, like how could you have so much power behind a pencil? You know? Like yeah. how how do you have that much power that you can command it that way? Where it's like you believe that that wine glass is real. You believe that the foliage is like real. Like it's just everything the way it comes together. Uh, that it's a very distinct feeling. I'll never forget that. Yeah, hey, I've got to check this out. I I have not seen like this, but I definitely will afterwards because like yeah, just for everything from what's being described, the things that I'm looking at, like I said before, we post things in a little chat that we have here. But this is like some high, high, high quality work. But not just that, like the technical level of what it is is actually like going on, absolutely like insane across so many different areas like james was just talking about like just the uh, placements of different like bits of foliage on an image that i posted but even just the way in which like the character themselves they look they look they look to be so serene like they look to be so just relaxed in such a tranquil place but at the same time like it's kind of like a there's an almost kind of like wistful likeness to it even like the way that she's kind of holding the glass it's not like upright it's like slightly tilted and she's kind of like not leaning all the way on her hand she has her fingers just kind of just curled up like just underneath her cheek and like it's like oh wow people do that people really you know relax this way but like just seeing this done this way like at this time with such specificity and purpose as well it's just again it's, it's really really good to see and i think that this kind of gets onto a little bit of a an artistic like literacy based like chat that like richmond and i had like a while ago where it's like once people know how to like draw something 
and like okay fine i can draw a person like sitting down but like what's the mood of the person sitting down you know like how are they feeling how can you like portray that like accurately can you give us something that makes us think about what this character may be thinking about instead of just like marveling at just like a nice drawing as well like there's so many different like layers to it and i think that this is definitely something that encapsulates what it is that we're talking about here for sure i'm really really enjoying this so i've got it i've got to check this out for sure yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, I would actually okay. like to take the time to talk about one other particular character, if possible. Please yes. do. Let's get into this. So, uh, all right. So, there's a particular character who literally got me into life drawing, and her name is Johnny. And oh, one of the first yeah. times that I've seen her was on the cover of a VHS of uh, one episode of Soul Bianca, the Legacy OVA. So, she's basically half naked. Her arm is crossed over her chest, but this lady is unapologetically ripped like so ripped it's just there is no question this person can punch you in the face and you'd feel <laughs> and you'd feel the effects till next week but like <laughs> in the show itself um she she uses uh male uh pronouns for some strange reason i never really understood mm -hmm. i was very young so obviously i never really understood the mm -hmm. full implications of it like she would she didn't use uh, pronouns like atai, which is a very archaic way of a, a woman describing herself as a tomboy, to put it very, very lightly. Somebody else uh, who's more fluid could talk about that. But this mm -hmm. person is probably somebody who is thinking of transitioning or is just uh, having a little bit of gender dysphoria in the show. Mm -hmm. So... But it's not really exactly elaborated on verbally, but it's just it's in the animation itself and there's a little bit of storytelling there. Like this person just loves working out and improving herself and has some general hookups about growing up and trying to decide who you are. And I thought that was just so thoughtful. Like this guy didn't have to go there, but he did. Yeah. Yeah, if, if if you're listening right now, if, if you're wondering if you should watch Soul Bianca or not, just just Google Soul Bianca Janny. J A N N Y. Yeah. Like um, that, that's S O L, then like B I A N C A, then J A N N Y. Yeah. Yeah. Such a cool character. And really um just way ahead of the times, right? You you hardly ever yeah. you still don't really see like ripped women in 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 animation or games or much stuff in general still right yeah it's very few and far between barring barring very few exceptions but that's like a yeah. recent ish a few, development yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. One, one of yeah. my favorite things about that recently obviously we, we couldn't have this conversation without speaking about a character like noi for example from doro hidoro but like mm -hmm. even just generally oh, like yeah. I, I i love the fact that like even just looking at Jani now, like she has so many different like just sides to her, but one is very distinctly playful and like very distinctly, you know, like not too, not not overly serious per se, but also like able to, in a sense, kind of like laugh at oneself and also be serious in other moments too. I mean, like even just for example, when I'm watching uh, them just like sit down with their arms crossed and like, yeah, there's like an explosion that goes on like outside of like a chamber or kind of like a capsule or pod that they seem to be in. And and then, yeah, just like a face is just kind of like, oh, crap, like something happened here. A big explosion. Oh, I'm a bit scared for a second. And then she kind of goes back to like being cool. It's just like, yeah, like it's just really interesting to 
just to watch that as a just as a little gift that kind of gives you a little bit of a peek into just you know how a character could not just like react to things but kind of how it is that they might see themselves as well despite what it is yeah. that others may see when they look at them you know in the, in the first instance so to speak just like i have yep yeah seems seems like uh you know an actual person it's not just like a one-dimensional like oh okay yeah. she's like a meathead and that's it it's like no like this is this person has facets to them they're they're not defined by just any singular thing it's yeah. super cool yeah super good <laughs> yeah so good yeah. it's so it's like trying to compress a story into like a novel and it's also hard to do that in a tv show so just the fact that he's able to like get that knock that out uh, out of the park in a couple episodes it just says something about his ability to not to show not tell mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so good yeah thanks thanks for mentioning this thank you i'm gonna definitely have to watch this this sounds good yeah, yeah i was I just asking for a few other things it. the other day so definitely gonna yeah. put that on the list uh, I'm also looking oh, yeah. at it, and can we also talk about uh, the ship design is awesome. Hell yes. yeah. It is such and a cool ship. And it's so well, and it's so well animated Ridiculously. from what I can see from close. It won like, an award for that animation in particular. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sci-fi animation award just because back in the 80s, this stuff uh, had to be done by hand uh, because computer graphics was just extremely limited and very expensive and power hungry so they had to animate the ship by hand they had to like imagine this this in 3d space in their heads and then make I, I it make it flow in space idea. from multiple it's angles disgusting. in a tracking shot and just make it look very smooth as it sort of like swims underneath the water in That's space true. they didn't they didn't do a warp thing they literally had the ship sink into water uh but like that was the expression that they chose for this and it just boggles my mind how beautiful that is. This was not in the OVA, but this was definitely in uh, the 1980s, the late 80s movies. That, that is such an interesting thing, just because, again, like, one thing that I've always wanted to see in general was people treat space like the ocean. It sounds very odd to mm. say, because, like, oh, what do you think? Like, you know, they're always in spaceships, but, like, the spaceships often, they feel like planes to me, or they feel like things that obviously, you know, like they're kind of bending everything else kind of, like, around themselves, like, to move very fast or to do all sorts of things. But, I mean, like, having the idea of, like, a ship react to just being in space as one would, like, in, you know, like, water, like, on Earth, kind of, like, that's a very cool idea, having it kind of, like, you know, perhaps like just barbing, bob and weaving in, in little bits and places, or the, just the just the idea of you know getting like instead of like seasickness, like space sickness, kind of like just people playing into things like that. I think that that's something that we've not particularly or relatively seen too much before, and I think that it's quite cool to hear that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That that ship, it almost looks like a dolphin or like a beluga whale or yeah. something. It's got that interesting like very bump. aquatic. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't have like a window on top. It, it, it it's really organic looking. I it just occurred to me. Um, it probably influenced the design of. Uh, do you guys remember Silphied for the Sega CD? Oh my God, Richmond! Dude, oh my yeah. Fuck, man! Yeah. Oh God! I just, Did that just I'm sorry. Something. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, oh, man. I yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man that that is like a memory unlocked man. I spent way yeah. too much time playing this game. Yeah, that was, Holy it was a really cool shooter for the Sega CD. Yes, um, and it, it it had a really distinct 
uh, ship design, and I only now realize like it must have been influenced by Solbianca because Solbianca was uh, 1990, 91. Yeah. I think, Damn. Okay. Right? Yeah, and Sylphid yeah. was 93 by the time it came out. Yep. I see. Yeah, and it, it's 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 based on an older game from '89, but the original ship didn't look like that. It, it was only no. after Solbianca that it got that weird dolphin, you know, beluga whale bump forehead thing <laughs> yeah yeah i can see it now it's kind of and, got like a little bit of a, a sort of hole on the front top there but it does have that kind of like general yeah. whale shape to it yeah 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 so, speaking of i didn't i didn't realize this in the and rum but i'm feeling now that i'm seeing all, all of this there's no way this didn't heavily influence outlaw star um <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I had not seen this before but like as soon as i saw the cover of it and the ship design i was like Oh, <laughs> like, was, yeah. And I think the timing lines up, but this is like what ninety ninety one at Lost Stars, like ninety six some odd. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to yeah. give I just want to give a quick shout out as well. Like, there's a character called Stillfeed. It appears in um Yu Gi Oh World Championship two thousand eight. And just like, yeah, I was just gonna mention this before because I just thought that I'd heard the name like before. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, this character is definitely quite cool as well. Like, they've got a really yeah. cool design and stuff. But yeah, Wind Deck, really cool user. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's funny this connection to to Sylphie because it made me realize that like at one point in time I may not have gotten into fighting games if I kept playing shooters because I oh. played uh, Darius Twin uh, like way too much. Like we used to rent it from Blockbuster over and over, and it got to a point where I was like, maybe I should just save up money and just buy the game. <laughs> <laughs> like. Um, yeah, like, and I think, I don't know, me and Richmond were playing some shooter game the other day, and I feel like my my, my inner shooter was starting to get unlocked. Like, I was just like, damn, I'm starting to remember these things. So, Sylphie definitely unlocked, like, a cool memory, and having it, like, nice. that parallel to Soul Bianca just makes it even that much cooler for me. Yeah, that's actually awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say one more thing about Soul Bianca. Um, Jesse, do you... Don't, don't you think it influenced uh, Bastard, the manga, specifically? Like, really? Uh, that, I feel like Hagiwara started drawing a lot like Naoyuki Ando as, as, um, as the series went on, uh, mm. per, per, particularly in the second uh, set of OVAs where the characters got like lankier and even more ripped. Oh shit! Yeah, the, the very the old ones, right? God damn, that was a very long time ago. Holy shit! Um, I wouldn't be surprised um, because artists do influence each other, and it does show up in small ways in their work. It just didn't, not so much well, like uh, drawing shorthand, but more mm -hmm. like uh, choices, like yeah. uh, uh, choices and decisions that inform the way that they. Uh, the way that they're drawing looks as opposed to just plain muscle memory and technique. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of see that. I kind of see that. I just found something out, actually, yeah. Like, I was just doing some searching whilst you were mentioning that. And, like, it turns out that someone called Kumiko Nakayama is, like, actually, like, yeah, they're best known for being, like, a color designer on um, both Bastard and Soul Bianca The Legacy. So, I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. what? definitely... Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, there'll be, there'll, oh. Definitely overlap. Like, the crossover, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's a reason, like... That, yeah, that's there, that, there yeah. was a similar <clears throat> uh, feeling to the... Uh, I... That would be... Uh, <sighs> yeah. That's oh, so what's cool. This? So okay, this is this is super random, but like 
Renee? I know Kusabi. Like, it's. I wasn't it's, gonna go there, but I, here I, we I, go. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so there. this, so let's let's okay. Long story short, I know Kusabi is basically a a, a yaoi love story. Yeah. Set in okay. space. Uh, I don't know if it would aged particularly well, but it was right. no. very. It was a very. <laughs> no, um, Subtle no, no. And, cl- and relatively classy show because there was nothing explicit about it, but it was very okay. much implied. Mm. But this guy does it does it like in the late eighties, early nineties, and then he does it again ten years later in like what two thousand twelve? Yep. I can't even remember, but it was like he, this guy definitely loved that project because yeah. he does that. You know what's crazy is that. Okay, I saw like a Japanese rip, like VHS of it. The they the the way that they like sort of heralded this project in terms of animation was that before it even starts, it shows you pencil tests from it because wow, they wanted okay. to show off like how amazing the animation was on this project, and it's it's beautifully animated. But I I I, I do want to warn people that it has not aged well in terms of like certain aspects but uh it is a beautifully crafted uh ova like Sorry, what, what was that called again i know kusabi i know kusabi yeah okay yeah, yeah. I'd, i've never heard of this but like sure like just from what it is that i've seen just like some of the uh the colors do look cool like it yeah. is it is a beautifully animated oh, wow. thing yeah. like I like it. I, it's interesting because I feel like it. It could have been like a yaoi. They could have went really crazy with it, but they. It was done in a very that they didn't show anything. That's the best way I can put it. Is that they didn't show anything, but there was a lot of implication. Much like what Jesse said, um, there's a lot of implication. They but, didn't go full HBO. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't. They, yeah. they didn't treat it like an anime that's on Wow Wow at like two in the morning, basically, like back in like the late nineties. It's not space euphoria, basically. So everyone's cool. No, like, no. So it's it's definitely watchable in that regard. But there are some themes that might not age too well. There's, there's gotcha, a lot gotcha, of gotcha. indirect kissing that I'm seeing. There's a lot going on here. Well, well, hey, let me, let me light that cigarette for you. Yeah. <laughs> is this, is this the tip of my other cigarette. Where else have we seen this? Oh, right. <laughs> Black Lagoon. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, true, true, true. So, so would you would you say, James, that it's explicit enough, or is it is it kind of like one of the old things where it's like, oh no, they're just really good friends? I mean, nah, bro, nah, <laughs> nah, you can't. No, nah, no you know, is, okay, you know. Yeah, they're not cousins, bro. No, they're not cousins. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, that might go over some people's heads, but like, if you know about the Sailor Moon localization, then. You will understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so, oh so yeah, those tags are correct. Tags are possible. Yep. <laughs> those tags are correct. Yeah. So you're saying that they they handled that kind of like how they handle violence in the early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like you know, you know what's happening. <laughs> oh yeah, you know the vibe. <laughs> you know what time it is. There is you a know what time it is. Yeah. yeah, you know what time it is. But that particle uh, effect on that, that ash, though, is kind this, of fire. This is pretty unambiguous. I just posted it. Funny. 
Yeah, they're not. But anyways, but anyways, like these are designs anyways. that translated very well yeah. into animation. And yes. again, Indeed. again, yeah. this guy is a stickler for all of the details, things like musculature and hairstyle, and just in very uh, general armpits. small things. <laughs> I guess if you want to go there, but okay, but clothing yeah. choices as well. But yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, just, just so having like, a look and sort of like, oh sorry, go on. No, no, no. Uh, so like, dude, dude's a king for basically going back in there and going, hey, I didn't like how I did it last time. Let's just do it, do this again, but better. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now I was just gonna say I just had like a little bit of a of a look around it, just more just like on the art and like just different bits and pieces of like sketch work or like early design work, early pre-production mm -hmm. work for just various different things. And like just looking at just like the way that like you know hair is drawn, facial expression, like these are just like it's not even just about it being like just detailed overall. It's more so just mm -hmm. the fact that like these are just so well thought through generally. Like these aren't massively, you know, they're not finished pieces, so to speak, but like they get across the the, the feeling, the emotion, the, the portrayal of what it is that the character is supposed to be going through at those moments in time. And in those sort of like small little seconds, in those little minor and minute little facial tweaks and, t and twinges and musculature changes and all those different things, like those are what build up the expression through which we communicate our emotions. And I think that just like once someone is able able to not just understand but kind of replicate those but add to them as well they can make any kind of character any kind of person they can tell any kind of story that they want and i think that those are some of the most important keys to a story i was just recently speaking about breaking bad with um a really good friend of mine shout out eric but like yeah like we were just talking about the fact that like people care about like the way that a story goes because it's been delivered by people who care about the delivery the people who care about like how it is that characters how people how actors get into character and they they put themselves on the line you know like walter white goes through all sorts of, all sorts of different things but when he screams he that, that's that's brian cranston screaming you know and he's contorting his face like why do people love jim carrey like just facial feature contortion like people care about like the ability to posit something not just through saying it or delivering it because i don't care what kind of you know golden globe winning performance you could give with respect to your voice but if it's just the fact that you are just stood there and not emoting at all like you can't give that performance voice actors will tell you when they're in the booth they're, they're moving they're making their face do all sorts they're jumping around they're walking they're pacing they're breathing they're huffing and puffing like because you need to be able to do that to specifically get what you need out of not just the performance but out of yourself to add to that performance and like just thinking about how someone can translate all of that onto paper like it's just ridiculous and yeah just it's it, it's it's awesome we see people do so much of this all the time but i'm just kind of taken aback because i've not seen so much of this art before but like yeah you can really tell that this is a that this this is dream material to work with because i mean it's just it's giving you so so much and such a wealth and such a range of emotions such a range of thoughts such a range of feeling and yeah just, it's just beautiful stuff and i think that it's just really really cool to look at I just want to see yeah. this brought back into anime as a whole. Just give me like realistic, yes. naturalistic uh, proportions and facial features and expressions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finally, some fucking food. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, a thousand yeah. percent. Like we've been hungry. We've been hungry. Like, and that that that's one of the things too. Honestly, like where I, I've seen so many different like projects and I've seen so many different bits and pieces of 
all over my time on the internet as everyone else will have and stuff. But I mean, like when you see something of a certain type of quality, like it stops you in your tracks. Like I, I remember just like so, so often when I was little, just like, you know, sco- well, when I was little, I'm going to show the age of it, but like just surfing off on like Tumblr or just like just being like, oh, cool. Like, wow. Like I'm on Twitter for the first time. This is really cool. And like, wow, I'm, I'm looking online and all the, wow, what's Tumblr? Oh, this is really cool. Like when you, when you see that other people post so much work and you find like a kind of a, a diamond in the virtual rough so you, you hold on to it and you hang on to it like this is why people i'm from again from what i'm hearing like if they would have had any stuff like this on vhs that they would have just seen you treasure that shit and you show your friends and you keep it like safe because like yep. you know you couldn't just bookmark it you know like the, this was a real thing that was like tangible a real source of inspiration and i just think that like it's not necessarily that we're just that we're all missing that today this very much does still exist but it's just the fact that like just seeing some of this it can help reignite some of those feelings and ignite them for other people who haven't experienced it before myself being the latter most of the time but yeah like it's really really cool to watch and see how this affects not just all of us here but like this must have made waves in the industry right like it had to have like people must have been like just showing this to other friends this stuff was probably on mood boards times a thousand like yeah this this is really really definitely like, definitely the hard uh hard sci-fi stuff like armitage in particular it's the kind of it's mm. the kind of cyberpunk that the nft guys would definitely be into the nft yeah. slash ghost in the shell <laughs> people would be into. Oh, yeah sorry yeah. i just had to I just had to say that because it's just it was the one thing no that was on my mind you know it was uh cyberpunk is just like a defining feature of sci-fi anime in the golden era so that sort of kind of carries over into the present i mean this let's get sweet. into that you know that's that's so true i mean like i think that it's kind of um i, I think it's telling that like so often we've seen stories that hit close to home for a lot of us about like a perceived far future that like we see so many people play into areas of in real life now but the sentiments based upon those sentiments in those stories are based upon like real life from back then regardless of like the time like there will always be you know like capitalist tech overlords type of thing and like there will always be people who will kind of you know posit you know wealth over humanity and i think that with those kind of same bits of you know rhetoric that we've seen in these stories what is it to say that like these things wouldn't have been like massively inspirational and influential because of what so many people feel as well like when we look at you know those areas of um of that true kind of like cyberpunk squalor that people live in like people have been living like that you know like there are places in manchester that i I could take you to that like that remind you like of that like that that are real life like that's all over the world and i think that so often people don't necessarily link or relate to that in in a real way this this that kind of like uh, just as a you know cyberpunk aesthetic we're eating you know noodles underneath the subway and it's all neon and it's cool but it's like hey that's someone's life you know that's someone's like that's someone's actual place of work place of business but also like people live there people live around there someone's going to go eat there people grow up there people work there like, it's it's all that it's all that context, I think, and I think that's a big part of why it is that cyberpunk hits so hard as well as obviously, you know, looking cool, but there's a kind of a, there's a kind of meme with respect to the whole, like, oh, like, is it going to go over your head or are you going to look at, like, the pretty lights and the, the bisexual lighting, so to speak, or, or are you going to try and, like, engage with the, with the content kind of deeper than just as it is? Like, yeah, I think about that a lot whenever I think about cyberpunk stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But anyway, though, <laughs> that was a, that was a that was a pretty good talk. That was a pretty good talk. Yeah. So speaking of cyberpunk, uh, 
Richon, can I transition to mine since I feel like yes. it, it flows perfectly? Take it away. Let's uh, do it. It's on post. So, so I, you'll, you'll probably see it's coming, but especially as AJ was talking about Cyberpunk, I was like, oh, it's it's perfect blend. Uh, this is actually one that I didn't watch until later, even though it's it's pretty old. Um, but one that really affected me and is something that I actually use to get people into OVAs is Bubblegum Crisis. Oh, oh yeah. man, oh, right. So, oh, my which version Ooh. are we talking? Which version? Are we yes, talking? that is a very good yes. question. Which one are we talking about? What flavor? So, uh, the one I want to talk about is the eighty-seven one. Um, Thank you. Yes. Good choice. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. I didn't mean to have such a immediate <laughs> reaction. Yeah, yeah so I, there's yeah. definitely other versions, but they're talking about the the original one. Uh, the mm. reason, one of the reasons why I I use it to get like people into it is like just the opening, <laughs> like the the first yes. opening of Bubble Crisis. Oh, is, yeah, I was it, has, it, it does oh. everything that you want to know about the series in like a minute. Yes. Yeah. Um, Legit. Yes. So, so I don't know. Um, Richmond's usually better at doing like overviews and stuff, but it is a cyberpunk story. Um, it takes place in like the 2030s, um, and it's this uh, this this all female group of mercenaries that um, also sing. Uh, that are I don't remember. Are they part of the the police force or are they they separate? No, they're they're like no, a separate no. entity. So yeah, yeah, they work. They're vigilantes. Uh, so, uh, they're friends with a guy from the police force, and he's always trying to uh, get in good with them. But yeah, they, yeah, they so, operate on their own. So, so uh, to, to the thing that AJ was talking about, there's like a, a huge mega corporate corporation that's central to the plot, and they have this police right. force called Advanced Police yep. that more or less suck at their job, and they fight these things that very influenced by like Blade Runner and replicants and stuff. They have these things called Boomers that are so well animated. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know how. I don't know where to start with how well animated they are. Um, oh my god, dude, man. They okay. are... Yeah, yeah. Oh, James, get it. Take it away. Take it away. Oh dude. my god. And, okay, it, listen. You already brought up like one of my favorite, most influential character designers, like in my whole life, like Kenichi Sonoda. So, like, I'm gonna try my hardest to contain my excitement about this, but like, basically, like. This show, like, in terms of, like, animation, like, everything felt exactly the way that it's supposed to feel. Like, the first time I saw a boomer, like, I literally jumped. It was a jump scare for me. Um, and, like, the dub version, like, the voices were, like, actually pretty good. But in that, like, sort of, we're still trying to figure out how to dub anime voice, but there was, like, a charm to it where it really worked. But uh, they're these big, hulking, like... Uh, cybernetic like uh, like robots but they have like a human like skin over them like basically like a ta-100 from like terminator yeah right and they yeah. have that it's like, a it's hulking... a conversation about class warfare but with robots yes mm -hmm. yeah so so like you know when you see the person like it's most of the time they're unassuming and then like i don't know about you guys but for me what was really frightening was seeing how fast the flesh would just sort of like rotate off of their body when they would like shed themselves well, like right, they're that super organic as well at the same yeah. time yeah yeah right and it was just the way it's animated is just so it's it's stylistically disgusting <laughs> like yep. like you 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 feel it immediately and then the sound design is like super good uh yeah and you know you feel like everything that you're supposed to feel like when armor pierces something 
when someone gets like stabbed or anything like i am such a huge proprietor for like sound design from the 80s and anime like i feel like that stuff was like the best oh, I, oh. before we dive off into the deep end there i, I do want to talk about the boomers just a little bit more yeah um, definitely inspired by the terminator um mm. but uh you gotta remember like this was before terminator 2 so you you were saying like it was really unsettling watching the boomer just burst out of its organic skin, right? Because the yes, you know the phrase like like X, but on steroids. Like this really actually yes. applies it. They are like the T T eight hundred, but on, on on steroids. Like well, well so, so I was uh, I was mentioning the the opening, which also has an awesome rock song. But they have this really good thing where the police confront, and at the time, and like when you're first watching it, it just looks like a person. And yes. they really nail the, like, that person, you're being like, oh, they're just going to shoot this guy. And then all of a sudden, the guy starts transforming. You're like, oh, my God. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Richmond. Sorry. Yeah, and, and the design of it, um, even though it's obviously inspired by the T-800, um, if you actually look at them side by side, it looks nothing like the T-800. The T-800 was essentially a human skeleton replaced with, like, engine-like parts. Whereas um, the boomer is like got a lot of really weird, distinct shapes. It's almost shaped like the uh, the, the the Giver or something, and it, it, it the, the face is kind of like gorilla like, but also kind of bug like. Yeah. Like you just gotta see it. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, it's inspired, definitely hundred percent inspired by Terminator. But it's like very much its own thing. And then just how dis disturbing it is when it when it sheds its flesh. You remember the scene in uh, Terminator Two? where Arnold cuts his skin off to, to prove yeah, in the to bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this preceded that. Even though it was inspired by Terminator, this actually had that 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 really horrifying flesh being stripped off in a way, uh, you know, because it was animation. This is like... Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it It's so good. <laughs> the boomers are so cool. This yeah. Like when I watched... This is like when I watched Ninja Scroll for the first time, and like I watched people like get cut in half, and I was like, I remember telling you guys like I don't really flinch oh, like anything, like I, I yeah. don't really do that, but like it literally made me go, oh! like I literally like, like leaned back and like literally gasped, and I was like, oh my god, like when I watched someone just get split down the middle, and I was like, damn, like just some of the ways in which people can like portray such a specific type of like metal on flesh like contact in so many different forms of animation, but especially in this, there's, there's a kind of it, there's like a sharpness to it. It will sharpens, of course, the blade sharp, but there's a, there's a specific like ease through which like it cuts through the body, but also like the tension of like the flesh itself in a sense. Like it's very very unnerving to watch, but at the same time, it's like fascinating. So so cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I think one of the things that was really fascinating about like the boomers and also the like violent scenes in Ninja Scroll for the first time was that it was the first time that I was being shown different ways of storytelling that were more involving than things I had seen in other animation at the time. And that's part of like the, the several different types of appeal that I got from anime was that it was showing me things in a way that I hadn't really seen before. And if I had seen it, I'd only seen it in like, you know, the heyday glory days of eighties, like Western sci-fi, you know what I mean? Like it was, Stuff that was just like, oh, man, this is film. This is how you tell a story. This is how you show something, right, instead of just telling me, right? Like, I think yeah. that's one of the things that really got me with a lot of, like, you know, anime. And Bubblegum Crisis, I mean, good Lord. Uh, there's so much that just happens in it. And it's so cool and it's fun and it's goofy but cool. 
all at the same time. Like uh, all of the title cards in the OVA are done in like a distinct way. Like the visual direction um, of the show is just so confident in what it is that you can't help but fall in love with it. I mean, listen, I, I know I'm probably sounding like I want to marry this thing, but like I'm a byproduct <laughs> of like 80s anime. So like I everything that you yeah. could love about it, like I, I love. And Bubblegum Crisis is like a huge like it's like a beacon it screams like all of the things that are like super cool about 80s anime and why shit even why i kind of draw the way i do you know like it's just there's stuff in it that was so impressionable that like uh you know like it it still shows up in in my art style and i'll never really truly get rid of it like it'll always be there in some way shape or form and uh you know when you have dna yeah, it's yeah. in my DNA, dude. Like, um, and then you have like Kenichi Sonoda. I mean, I was man when I was like, I want to say like maybe eighteen or nineteen. I was buying Gunsmith Cats however I could and writing being like when Dark Horse was publishing it because Kenichi Sonoda. If people don't know, he's the character designer in Bubblegum Crisis, but he also was a mangaka, um, famous for uh, Gunsmith Cats and uh, writing being. And I would buy books of anything that he did, like whether it was an American publisher, I was buying Chinese bootlegs from Pandora's box, Richmond, like, <laughs> like oh, with, man. with, oh, with yeah. horrible oh. prints for like $10. I forgot about that place. Yeah. Like I would oh, go goodness. in there, like after I got my paycheck, I would literally just go, go straight to that section and just literally buy like these poor, like not, they're not poor. They're low, like lower quality. Cause of like second generation prints. But, um, I didn't care because the work was so great. Because the thing about Sonoda was that his work in manga form and his work in like you know character design work in OVAs, like they weren't that far removed. Like he kept that same sort of detail and feel for the most part in a lot of his work. Like especially as he got he got older. Um, I mean, I didn't read a lot of Exaxion, but a lot of the art was like really good in it. I mean, that story I don't know what it's about even to this day, um, but. The art uh, is incredible. Yeah. yeah, the art is incredible in, in it, you know. But uh, yeah, Bubblegum Crisis, uh, I, if you've never seen the original, um, do yourself a favor and just look up uh, Tonight the Hurricane or Konya Wa Hurricane if you're a weed like me. Um, and just watch the theme, listen to it, and then decide for yourself after being like embalmed in coolness, like, do I want to watch the rest of it? <laughs> And, yeah, and then you, you won't you won't ask yourself that question. You'll know. You'll, you'll just you'll know. know. You watch. Yeah. You'll yeah. just you'll just know. I'm gonna get off of my soapbox because I I really that, love oh, vocal no, no. crisis. No, we like, well, well, and that, this and is that's the thing. Like, that's what we're here well, for. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Now, as you can say, this is this is the thing. It's like you have to tell people like you're a product of your environment, man. We're a product yeah. of our environment. Like this is this is what it is that you've been like taught, shown raised on like nurtured by invested in from like we we do what it is that we do because of these things so mate the, the world is just so fucking you have to let the people know so that yeah so that people like yeah. One thing I will say um, is like I know that you know people have their own opinions about like dub localization like back in the 80s early 90s especially during like EDV and Animago area era but I will say that both Bubblegum Crisis and Writing Bean have probably some of the. the
hello? J James, oh, I lost hello? your audio. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh no! Wait, am I back? Am I back? You're back now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry about that, guys. I'm post. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. Go, but go back, uh, go back uh, like thirty seconds in your mind. Okay. All right. So, um, one thing I was gonna say is the dubs back in the day. Like a lot of people have different opinions on them, right? Like especially ADV and Animago like era. Um, however, uh, I have to say that Bubblegum Crisis has that spice uh as a dub um like there are things that are said they are very simple statements but they will have dying laughing just because of the delivery like uh but they're also cool at the same time right it's almost like uh almost like a weird combination of like like a, a grindhouse movie like there's a scene and it's not spoiler i mean you know people are gonna fight in this shit but there's there are three boomers God, this sounds so ridiculous saying this out of context, but <laughs> there's these three boomers that are about to try to fight the night the night sabers, and there's this really big guy who looks like Eat at Ralph's if Eat at Ralph's was a person. Like his character design is like just straight up '80s big guy, right? And he literally just goes, "Who the hell are you?" And it's like the way he says that shit is so <laughs> hilarious. But then it's like balanced out by this really cool like vertical pan shot. And it shows uh, them like in their suits and, and they're like, we're the night sabers and the moon is behind them and shit. And it's so fucking cool. Like I would rewind that scene like dozens of times just to absorb like that coolness, man, because like this show oozes like coolness. So, so, so um, uh, and I, I feel the need to, to mention a huge reference that I think helps explain why the style is so amazing is um, so. I need to tell everybody about the Willem Dafoe movie you've never seen, which is ah. Streets of Fire, <laughs> which is... Oh, <laughs> Final Fight the movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the influences of... I think even the opening scene is, like, almost... like It's it's a properly done homage to Streets of Fire uh, in reference yes. to our, our conversation about Satoshi Khan stuff. Um, sorry, Richmond, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's... it's um, uh, so most people uh, catch the Blade Runner uh, references in Bubblegum Crisis naturally, right? Yeah. With like the Genome Corporation and their giant ziggurat, the the replicants, Chris and yep. the replicants. The the name of the band is an homage to uh, Blade Runner, but the actual look is taken from Streets of Fire. With um, was it Ellen Aim? Was that her name? I believe so. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Ellen Aim and the was it Ellen Aim and the attackers, something like that. Gosh, sorry, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. You're right. But but, but totally from uh, Streets of Fire, uh, which is this w wonderful, like like James said, it's, it's Final Fight the movie, super influential uh, '80s movie, probably a bigger influence on Japanese media than American media. Actually, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's in it. Um, nice. Uh, uh, Rick Moranis is in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, Not surprising. And, it's a it's a really stylish movie. Like. Uh, but it's it, like it's it's very 80s but uh, and, uh, uh, yeah very young uh, diane yeah. lane uh, one 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 of uh, diane wow. lane's uh, earliest movies and um yeah yeah she absolutely uh inspired uh, the look of uh, pris and the replicants and that's just a really cool fun like 80s noir movie like a neon noir kind of look um really underloved movie I, I think it's kind of a cult classic. I think people probably just didn't quite get it uh, back in the day. It was it was directed by Walter Hill, by the way. You know. What? Oh wow. 
Yeah. Whoa. God damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Walter Hill. Um, uh, he, he's what is he? He's he's most famous for. I mean, he's done so many classic, uh, you know, um, action movies like like The Warriors, Forty Eight Hours. Um, let's see, what else did he do? Uh, uh, <laughs> Red Heat. He directed. <laughs> Remember that one? Um, hmm. Right. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. 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 Um, Whoa, Young Willem Dafoe. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So oh yeah. Uh, He's devilish looking. Fire. It's it's <laughs> such a it's such a it's such a fun time. Anyway. Yeah. But the yeah. The the this the, the, the it's very eighties. It's yeah yeah 80s. super. 80s. Oh, <laughs> and by the way, uh, Walter Hill also directed Hard Times, uh, starring Charles Bronson, which was a big inspiration on Street Fighter Two. Oh. It, it was it was about a uh, a bare knuckle boxer, and uh, some of the stages in uh, Street Fighter Two come from that movie, uh, specifically Ken's stage on the dock and uh, Zangief's stage in the steel yep. mill. Yeah. Wow. Somebody like slapped them with a copyright thing, but then yeah, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, gosh, yeah, uh, Bubblegum Crisis, uh, definitely the, one of the most OVA of OVAs. You know, like it, it really just defined the format, and it's also one of the most '80s things you'll ever see. Uh, but it's it's also like. It's of the times, but I wouldn't say that it's aged poorly. Like it still looks really fresh. Like especially the the the, the original ones from eighty seven through ninety one, they look to me like fresher than even the the second. They did you know more bubblegum crisis in the nineties, but the original eighties ones, it, it's it, they're so sharp and great looking even yeah. today, and the designs are like just so confident and so distinct. Like the the shapes are so unique. I mean, uh, uh, Pris, you know, has like a blaster hand, like like Mega Man or Cobra, but she shoots like giant needles, and it's just like so cool looking, and <laughs> just everything is um, so stylish and visually confident, and it it just totally it's timeless. I think that's the word for it. It's yeah, it's, it's I, kind I, of kind of timeless in the yeah. way that Hajime Sorayama has with like chrome skinned women robots. Sorry, yeah, but it's just. Uh, you see bits of that in the actual armor design, the sleekness of it, and yeah. it's just so beautiful to look at, as opposed to like big greebly designs that you'd see in, say, Star Wars or Star Trek. But this is mm -hmm. like slimmed down and ergonomic and optimized and done in such a way that feels very futuristic because of how sleek it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what probably absolutely yeah. what people are really like drawn to. Yeah, I always Great. loved their helmets. The Saber Knights—they had such like sleek, like they barely have a face, and 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 again they have that that sort of like dolphin shape going on in the head, kind of like the Solvianca uh, ship that 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 rounded mm -hmm. dome, mm -hmm. that giant forehead. Um, it's just really sleek and and, and pleasant looking. Uh, I yeah. I always felt um, even their the the designs though they felt like they were it made sense that they could fight the boomers though with the with the armor designs like I don't know that always even the initial scene with it and then later on you kind of feel oh the, the, this is why the yeah. police among other <laughs> reasons that they can't fight them like these suits feel 
Um, like there's an organic nature to both of them that makes them feel. Oh, but visually the contrast is so great, right? Because the boomers are huge and hulking, and they have like their synthetic uh, muscles and lots of like hard shapes. And then the mm -hmm. Saber Knights are like really sleek and smooth and rounded, but there's like it, real human beings it, inside. It, it, it hits a little bit like a common Rider design, but it's a little more, it's a little bit different. Um, to your point, mm -hmm. like, it's like it feels, I don't want to say more refined because it's not that common Rider designs aren't refined, but uh, there's definitely streamlined. a lot of, I, yeah, I streamlined. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to say it. Yeah. They're so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And and yeah, definitely. Um, you'll know within the first like five minutes if this is the series for you, because like like you said, Sean, that first episode, that first sequence, uh, I'd say it's uh, it's up there with Akira, with just how iconic Absolutely. it is. Absolutely, throws you right into the world. And oh my god, it predates Akira, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Eighty-seven. Oh my god. And yep. so that means the scene where that police officer is just like freaking blown away where he's just like just falling apart yeah they did that that's from akira yeah that's mad and and, and to mention yeah. just like we were kind of talking about uh, uh like ovas and stuff like that the they don't shy away from like the violence or the fighting but it's oh yeah real, yeah we should really warn people it's super violent it's super oh violent yeah. <laughs> but but actually i really think it assists the the action and the setting um, even, even like when they're fighting boomers and it was like, like they're like liquid is going everywhere and they're like getting blown away and stuff like the, the violence works really well, but yeah, it's super violent. Yeah. <laughs> they don't turn the, they don't turn the camera away. They animate all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if I, I were to describe this for somebody okay. in the present day, <laughs> sorry, if I were to describe the show as like for somebody for, this, uh, for present day, it would be like a Mecca sailor moon, but violent. In cyberpunk, oh, by the way, I never Ooh, thought that's that really way. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that fits. Fits. That's such a good sell. Yeah, that's such a oh, that fits. You, oh, you just introduced it to a whole new generation. That is the perfect summary. <laughs> My goodness. First, how introduced it to me? I'm gonna watch this now for real. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't resist it after that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you mean you need like all of the ways in the world to convince people to watch older series, but it's kind of hard to to pin them down because again, like people are very bad at archiving old media. So yeah. hopefully, when you do find it, hold on to it and maybe pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm advocating not for advocating something, but I am doing this specifically for archival purposes, academia yes. purposes. Yes. Although, yes. Although I do, I do feel the need to. Preserved. Mention for everybody, <laughs> if for some reason you were on YouTube for no reason and you were searching for Bubble Zone Crisis 87, you might find something that looked a bit like what you need to watch. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Possibly. This, this may happen. It's you know, okay to watch there. things. You might just be looking for a trailer to get you into Bubblegum Crisis. And if mm -hmm. you see one that's like five some odd hours long, it's just uh, the trailer with a bunch of information at the end. It's a mm -hmm. trailer. Okay. It's a really good trailer. Yeah. It's, yeah. It might be really 46 minutes and 20 seconds, but I mean, you know. It'll get yeah. you into the, into the, it'll get you, it'll get you hyped to watch the entire thing. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Whew. Okay. Uh, so good. Yeah. All right, so who's up? Who's up? Okay. Okay. So um, we, we were talking about violence. We're talking about, you know, OVAs tend to be pretty, pretty violent 
at times, um, which is a good segue into the series I want to talk about. And I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, James is going to have a lot to say about this one, too, because we just watched it a few weeks ago, James. Yes! Yes, I want to <laughs> talk about M.D. Geist. Most what dangerous! Nice. <laughs> yes. yeah. James is losing his goat. Let's go. Um, so this is uh, OVA that's, that, that's dear to my heart. It's It's not like my favorite of all time um it's not necessarily like life-changing or anything but it's one that has a lot of sentimental value to me but on top of that um i think it's also just a really interesting example of uh, what ovas like were and what they were capable of and like how they were really unique um in an in interesting way so um md geist is uh just a one-shot uh ova uh, just a standalone. They made like two sequels, I think, but but really, you just need to see the original. Um, it, yeah. it came out in, oh gosh, what year was the very first one? It was eighty. Says here, um, let's see, eighty-six. Eighty-six. Yeah, um, and uh, it it had a real simple premise. It's in the far future, kind of like a, a, a Votoms kind of setting universe at war real gritty you know more of like a mature adult feeling to it uh, which is reflected in the the art direction right they don't really have very like uh anime youthful faces like everyone's got pretty chiseled uh, detailed features they all look like yeah. adults they all have um you know like we were saying before with Solbianca, every character in this has a unique face and you, you can um tell like the distinct ethnicities of the characters and stuff without relying on stereotypical shorthand or anything like it's just really nicely done um but you know so a uh, future sci-fi sitting and the main character he's md geist md stands for most dangerous uh because um he is a genetically engineered super soldier he is part of a super soldier program that was meant to turn the tides of the war except that they were all so psychotically insane and driven to violence that they ended up sealing them up so at the beginning, um, you know, he's sealed up in 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 uh, just in stasis and orbiting the planet. But then eventually he crashes back into the planet, and his lust for uh, violence ignites, and you know he gets uh, you know thrown back into this conflict that's been going on forever, anyways. And um, I, I think uh, for for in some circles, people like to point this to MD Geist as like, oh, it's so it's so bad that it's good, right? Because it, you know, it's really ridiculous. It's over the top violent. Um, you know, it's not uh, necessarily like super intellectual, but I will say, like, I don't think it's a dumb series either. I I, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. confuse it being. Uh, violent and not super plot heavy with being dumb and i I think that's a big disservice because i think what's really interesting about it is um it just feels like a really weird short story like it yeah it feels less like a movie or even like other anime it feels more like a weird short story you would read in like a sci-fi serial like 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 yeah 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 like like a heavy metal comic or even like maybe a ray bradbury you know, kind of like throwaway, not one of his more famous ones. Like it just has like a simple premise and it sticks with it. And um, yeah, and it's it's really interesting because like the team that made it was was super young. The uh, the director, <clears throat> the um, so I think it's the, 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 the actual credited director is um, 
I want to say it is. There are two listed on IMDb here. Do you want me to read them? Yeah. Like, basically, uh, hi... you have two. Oh, um... Yep. I'll go. go, no, I'm just go. Say... <laughs> yeah. Basically, you have yeah, Hayato Ikeda and then uh, Koichi Ohata. Yeah. Two people. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, so uh, let me let me sure make sure I get this right. Uh, one of them, uh, Hayato Ikeda. Uh, he was not the actual director. He's a more experienced, he was an older uh, veteran. The actual director was uh, Koichi Ohada, who was only 23 at the time. And because oh, wow. he was so young, wow, so they, young. he willingly gave up credit to um, to to uh, Ikeda just because they wanted it to have more uh, legitimacy to it. Uh, just because uh, the other guy had more, more uh, brand recognition. And um, mm -hmm. so because the director is so young, um, I think like the original cut of uh, MD Geist, if you got the OVA like way back in the day, it's like a bit mm -hmm. messy at times. Yeah. There maybe some like continuity errors, um, yes. but they actually did go back and fix it up later. And if you watch mm -hmm. like probably the cuts that are passed around now, it's, it's really solid, especially when you're like, mm -hmm. wow, this guy was 23. That's, <laughs> you know, I mean, like I'm, I, I just turned 40 like a few months ago. Like to me, 23 is like, oh, guys, that's a kid. <laughs> you know, that's someone yeah. like, just <laughs> taking yeah. their first steps into their career. And yeah, I, I think I would there's, say, like, yeah, I think, I think one it. of the things that I really liked about Indie Guys was like, it, it was linear in its approach, but it had a very strong command of what it was telling. Like yeah. it doesn't waste any time, uh, I don't, I, you know, I know, I know some people might think, oh man, this is like way too high praise, but it kind of reminds me of like old Mad Max movies where it's no, just totally, yeah, like really straight to the point and confident in what it's telling you and, and okay with whatever you would feel about that. It's just like, here it is, take it. If you're paying attention, everything flows and it's great. And, um, I really miss that feeling. Like, uh, it was something that like, was a lot more prominent in like the 80s and like uh like late 70s early 80s like a lot of movies just kind of had this feeling of like yeah you're here you're you know we'll give you kind of a brief backstory but like you know things are just going to happen in the succession that it's supposed to and it, it just doesn't waste time and it feels good like it, it just feels good to have that experience uh in a short form you know content uh like richmond was saying i mean all these guys were like basically rookies at animation for the most part but there's so much beautiful animation in this OVA. The music, oh my god! Like I could go on for days of like how <laughs> yeah, do it, dude. the music, like oh. just like okay. So who's credited for like who worked on it was I believe is Yoichi Takahashi. Um, the music that this person made for this, like it, it. It's it's interesting because you feel like okay maybe like does why would this really work for like you know like this post apocalyptic sort of sci fi environment but it's got just enough like influence of like late seventies early eighties sort of Japanese like funk music but or eighties music in general but like everything about like the choices that they're making like with this music and how it's used. Uh, how it's incorporated with like sound design, like everything in this is like it's 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 well choreographed altogether. There's a synergy that happens with like action scenes and music and sound that like the only thing that I can like 
compare it to that maybe people have experienced maybe in the last 15 to 20 years is probably like uh, the sound design, animation and music and like X-Men Children of Adam. Like it is <laughs> spot on, like quintessential 80s anime vibe. Like when you stabs, when you hear somebody get stabbed in this, it is so invasive. Like the sound it's so itself. Piercing. It's yeah. so piercing that like yeah. it almost hurts you to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And there's also uh oh go ahead. Oh, I said every time someone gets stabbed, like imagine the biggest knife in your kitchen and just plunging that into a watermelon. <laughs> like that's the feeling I get. <laughs> it's a it's a very like involving thing because like like the way that shots are blocked out, especially there's one scene where someone gets like stabbed through like I guess like a chest cavity for like a cockpit of like a mech and the way that there's this this there's this crescendo of like uh like horns and like bass guitar and then like you see this guy like standing over like a mech with the javelin and before that you see all this desert in blue and oranges and then this the shot is just blocked off it's completely isolated it's like a black background and like the timing of when that stab happens is so perfect. It doesn't yeah. sound like it doesn't sound like what you would think, right? Where oh, it's perfectly timed as if like a student like filmmaker is like making it, right? It's timed with purpose and intent to like mm. actually like uh, exemplify like the moment that this is happening, the track itself, the way the sound is being used. Like there's a lot of like specifically amazing things in MD Geist, and I feel like again. This is like the stuff that's like the heartbeat of like eighties like anime, um, because you don't hear these sounds anymore in anime. Like there's like a whole sound library that you just don't hear. I think Capcom was one of the last few people where like they were using that stuff in their games, right? And then like every now and then, like in a Tarkovsky, like you know Dexter, he'll have some old eighties anime sound. It's like, how did you buy that? Like, where did you get that? You know? So it's like it's really <laughs> rare. Uh, when when you hear these sounds so to hear them in like an ova like again even now like with you know md geist is being as old as it is like it's super refreshing um so if you like mad max if you like heavy metal uh if you like anime that has 80s rudger howard raw energy oh my god uh, he is Rudger Howard. <laughs> like like watch md geist um, remember that it's made by a bunch of young people just trying to make something awesome and be amazed at uh, what they were able to uh, accomplish. I mean, there's a reason that U.S. Manga Corps used MD Geist as a mascot, man. They knew what was... Yeah. They knew it was up, man. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I wanted to talk about Christ, that a little bit What were you more. doing when in your early 20s? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, just oh. real quick, um, MD Geist, just for context, like 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 you said, they, they he briefly was the uh, mascot for um, uh, one of the top anime distributors uh, in the West, and this is one of those series where when people say like, "Oh, this was way more popular in the West," that's actually true. Like sometimes you hear people say that about like Bebop or Akira, that's debatable. Like those were actually popular in Japan. It's just that they had. Um, it's competing for mindshare with a lot more stuff in Japan, right? Whereas in America, those are like iconic. But MD Geist, um, I think it just, I don't think it did super well uh, in, in Japan, but it's like really caught on in America and the UK uh, because it was 
you know, the the flagship of what OVAs were supposed to be about. It was like super violent. It was yeah. like just crazy. Mm. Uh, you know, there were boobs, which made a deep impression on me as a kid. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, just just everything that like is like, oh, you know, this this isn't your mom and pops cartoons, right? Like, like MD guys uh, exemplified all that. Um, and then we talked uh, about it a while ago. Sorry, just cut it. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it a while ago, but like what you just described. That reminds me of like how it felt learning about like what Dead Space was. So I think that like that that kind of like that feverish kind of like oh gosh wow what is this like this is such a cool thing like I've never seen this before heard of this before like yeah I definitely get that sentiment for sure like it's really interesting to just hear how that must have been for something that again I've just like I've not heard of but like this looks so cool but yeah so continue yeah okay so I I, I want to say one more thing I'm I'm getting this from my brother Professor Andy uh, this is something he pointed out years ago. Um, M.D. Geist very likely influenced the creation of the Space Marines in Warhammer 40. Yes, dude. Uh, yeah. Because M.D. Geist came out oh. uh, just like a couple years before the Space Marines were created. You look at his design. He, he's the, when, when he's fully suited up, he's got those uh, giant pauldrons, which, you know, a lot of this stuff also overlaps with 2000 AD, right? So, that, that of course, that's also a huge influence on Warhammer, also probably a big influence on MD guys, too. But yeah, he, he's, he's a genetically engineered soldier, just like the Space Marines, right? And he's got the giant pauldrons. He's got just like the, the, the just, he's hulking. He's huge, you know, and, and, and his weapon is anachronous, right? Like, it's not like uh, uh, uh just a gun he's got this giant like halred you know he, he's a cross between like a medieval knight and like a football player like a linebacker and like power armor and very notably in america um and the uk it was advertised initially as uh thunder warrior and that's what the uh, space marines mm. were originally called and in fact canonically uh the first uh Space Marines were called the Thunder Warriors. If you look up Thunder Warrior Warhammer 40k, those were the, the, wow. the first Whoa. genetically engineered soldiers of the the Emperor of Mankind. Um, so I, I think that must have been a deliberate homage because because uh, the you know the 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 Warhammer dudes um, they were always pretty open about their their influences. Like uh, Jess Goodwin has talked a lot about how like he was you know, super into anime and influenced like the Eldar and everything else. Um, so I think that actually is a deliberate homage. So yeah, MD guys, super influential. Yeah. Um, also, uh, one thing I want to talk about that this show does, well, not show, this OVA does really well is uh, dirt and dust and debris. Mm. And like, I was super obsessed with like drawing debris, like atmospheric in like a lot of illustrations when I was a kid trying to like find my own style. And a lot of that was because of MD Geist. Like when I would see stuff sort of animating in the desert in MD Geist, it felt like a desert. Like it felt like this was a vast place that existed. Like there was a depth to it that you would feel. And uh, like I just wanted to point out, like there are some close-up shots of like treads on a tank, like this huge like space, like this huge like tank, and it's just beautiful. Like it's something about it. Like if you were that close to it, you would be fucking blinded. But like the the way that that camera shows that is something really like beautiful about it. Like seeing this hulking machine just sort of like tread through this like you know this abandoned like desert. Like there's just yeah, Indie Geist just has a lot of really cool simple things in it that are just awesome. So if you haven't watched it, 
Um, I don't know, man. Use use your Googles. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that you can find a way to stumble across like a, a 40 minute trailer. I don't know. Um, you know, <laughs> you might you might might find your way around that. I literally uh, just found out the. Th- I just saw the um the Thunder Warrior kind of like look and like it's actually kind of mad. Just like looking at this and seeing that like, that big Thunder Warrior logo. But like yeah, like this is exactly what it used to be called. And just like having a look at the way in which that it's uh it's shown to people is crazy. I just want to point out as well like there are lots of different like ways in which like MD Geist has gone out to reference other things. I, as I've just been looking right now, I used to love Digimon a ton, and then I saw some I recognized here like Alphamon from like Digimon looks just oh like God, MD totally. Geist. Like yeah. they look they look uh, almost exactly the same. It's really interesting wow. just to think about, just to have a look at the ways in which that those um, colors, but also the kind of the navy, the the gold, like the flecks of red, like the the large large pauldrons. Like yeah, just like there's so much going on there, and it's really really cool to look at. Yeah, yeah that gold trim. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, James and I, we uh, James pointed this out actually. We were recently playing uh, Cyberbots for fun and research purposes, and yes. um, James. Noted that purposes. the last boss, the last boss is pretty much empty, guys. The XO <laughs> Warlock. Yes. Yeah. The, the like, final boss in the game, yeah. Literal, like, spitting image. Uh, and I'll say this one more time, man. Empty uh, Guys has incredible music. Um, if I were to describe it to somebody, I would like, think of it as Tatsuro Yamashita's older, cooler brother. Like, if, <laughs> if he had one. Uh, the the confidence that the 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 bass guitar has and the the way that it's implemented in a lot of the music it's just like it reminds me of Tatsuya Yamashita but like just a little bit older a little bit like you know like I've I've had a few cigarettes under like a you know some bleachers I don't know like it's just there there's like a <laughs> there's a particular vibe that just feels like a, a bit more of an adult version of Yamashita's work um, also uh, the use of trumpets in here. They're, they're the saxophone. I mean, they're just screaming. I mean, because Richmond pointed this out. We were listening to one of the tracks, and the only thing that I can think of that I've heard it in is the Undead Heroes theme from Guardian Heroes. Like, there's a very like specific uh, oh, audio like texture that is very similar, and I've only heard it in one of the coolest games ever, <laughs> Guardian Heroes, for the yeah. Sega Saturn from uh, Treasure. So, uh, but yeah, just you know. Use your Googles. Try to try to find this and uh, really enjoy uh, one of the pinnacles of like eighties anime. One thing as well that I just got to say, like I'm just looking at different bits and pieces of like MD guys based like artwork or just things people put together. But just like the fact that there are even like skull shaped like uh, rock surfaces or like caves and stuff like that in this too, like it's just such a yeah. trope from so many things. But like I love it. Like it leans like fully into like itself, and like I think that's one of the coolest things that any IP can do. Just be you know unironically itself and unabashedly, unashamedly. Mm-hmm wholeheartedly fun and just like enjoy what it is it seeks to portray and i yeah. think that like yeah md guys will definitely be something that lines up with that for sure yeah. if you're gonna make a greasy unhealthy philly steak and cheese then make it the most dangerous philly steak and cheese that you can <laughs> like you don't have to like, yeah like just, you're trying to run the double down steak and, steak and cheese, cheese. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's like just do it dude yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring up um, uh, Jesse in, in our chat. You pointed out that um, uh, back in the day, uh, animators in Japan they tended to 
joined the industry pretty young, right? Like like shocking. Immediately out of college, but then they kind of like graduate pretty early. Like could say uh, like between high school and college would be like age eighteen to say twenty or twenty three, mm. right? So that's uh, my brain is is just kind of like a little bit frazzled right now because like that is still a time where you're still developing as a person, but you've yeah. already been through you've already been through like higher education so quickly it's like what do you do from there i guess yeah you just you just work because animation degrees they take about like four or five years to complete and that's just based off of my personal experience uh mm -hmm. learning this at sheridan but um that is that is a that isn't a lot of time to to really get into it and figure out who you are as a as a creative voice and and these guys are doing it in when they were 23 yeah so like, they like they, they really just get into the, they just they literally just go to work they figure it out as, as they go and uh and they just and they it just kind of like, incredible they just, they're not okay, yeah i guess yeah um, you, you you mentioned uh, Hiroyuki Okiura earlier. Um, he, mm -hmm. he actually started animating when he was sixteen. <laughs> he went straight from Crazy. high school. Yeah, Jeez, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, especially like earlier. Like, I, I think they probably only started doing uh, animation programs uh, colleges in in Japan like by the eighties when when the economy was like really good. I think mm. as recently as like the 70s, there, um, I think a lot of people just like, if you even wanted to learn animation, you would just have to like learn on the job. Like uh, there, there weren't even very many programs to go into. Yeah. Considering so the way the animation industry is, is like structured, there isn't even a lot of time for mentorship either. So you literally yeah. had to learn on the job. Yeah. It, it's amazing just to think about that. Like literally just, it's it's so strange. Like I remember, I had lots of conversations with friends about this and stuff like that. Again, like I'm 26. Like imagining myself doing anything like this three years ago, it's like it's just so wild. The amount of stress, the amounts of just skill that you need to have, but also like the organizational skill, like yeah. the, the ability to, to to wrangle people. And so I'm learning that yes. that's hard to do. Yeah. But also just like yeah. in general, like doing that for yourself as well. It's like it's just you know you at, at 23 generally like holding yourself to, you know, the, the best of your ability. You'll be growing, you'll be learning, as Jesse correctly said, before you're figuring out who it is you are as a person. But just, like, to, in essence, be, like, directing something, like, of this caliber, of any caliber, really. Like, it's a it's an enormous amount, you know, of work. And I'm sure that they weren't the yeah. only, like, young person working there at the time and just, like, having to, again, soak all of that up and, you know, really pull together. It must have been really, really quite, or more than quite, it must have been very, very challenging. I've, I've been, yeah. like, the youngest person in studios before and like in different spaces before too and it's like it's it's daunting even so it being that person where you kind of have to you know if you want to say something if you want to do something you have to believe in yourself very much so and like it fosters that kind of a, a strength of character but i'm telling you having to having to have such a large amount of you know not just pressure but just that level of responsibility so young and to be able to obviously you know deliver something and have it you know be finished and you know be something that we all do know like it's just yeah it's really really cool yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's something, Jesse, that you, you've been talking about um, on on your Twitter online recently is just the 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 desperate need for really good organization in animation and just any art heavy project in general, right? Like like because that's where things really go off rails. Um, 
is when 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 stuff isn't organized, when there's there's lack of vision, people end up redoing stuff. Stuffs change arbitrarily. Um, I, I feel like maybe back in the early '80s, where it wasn't digital, where like you you really really had to like plan this stuff down, right? Like you you had to be focused oh, yeah. to get any of this stuff down, like like done. Like there there was no like fixing it in post, right? Like like. Hmm. So no, in, in, in a um, way, I think there, there had to yeah. be a lot of planning in advance, but also at yeah. the same time, though, regardless of the planning, some people just ended up having to brute force through uh, problem solving and technical issues anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's this That's stuff is generally hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gosh, I, I, I'm really going to have to check this one out, too. Like, gosh, I'm just like looking at some of like the, the backgrounds and just some of the character designs and there's, there's just such a, there's such a wealth of like effort here and it's so clear. Like I've, I've been reading a little bit about what people think of it and some people say like it's a little bit like, oh, so there's some mistakes here or some things might not, you know, like be as like good as this other thing where it's like, hey, like is this someone's like, you know, is it something, I, I've, one thing I've learned, something is somebody's first go at that thing. So for example, every game that comes out, every 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 anime like every film like that's someone's first like you know shot at something and i think it's really important that people you know recognize and know that like you know for people to grow and change and to get better and to become the people who we rant and rave about years later like they do have to make things you have to make your first thing you know like for us to get to the point of you know speaking about like an ayuki Onda, for example like hey there will have been times like in their life that they would have drawn something that people would say oh hey that's not so great but then they learn and then they grow and then they get the all of the different bits of you know feedback all the necessary internal learning that they need to do to be able to continue to practice and then grow like that's what it is that this represents to me at least i'm gonna watch the hell out of this and i'm gonna have a good time doing it yeah it's gonna be but good. when you watch it aj you're gonna see scenes in there that are done so well that like when you do notice the continuity issues if you see like the old original cut they won't even matter to you because yeah. the the world that the indie guys just it creates and shows you it's conveyed so well in so many other areas that like, I mean, like just, yeah, man, like honestly, like watch it and then like, just, just let us know like, like how you felt afterwards, because like, I'm really curious to see uh, like how you feel with it because there's some beautiful animation in it. And uh, like, I think that any of the little things that are like sort of just inconsequential, like they, they, they honestly won't even matter, dude. Like Absolutely. It's, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I kind of okay. Speaking of like violence, like can can I go next? Can, can I yeah, can yeah, I do? Yeah. Can I go next? Okay. So yeah. Like what one of the one of the things that I have been so so intrigued by for such a long time. Like this world is one that I saw numerous times again coming up on tumblr coming up on like the early twitter days i'm talking for me like just 2010 2011 2012 like when i was like most online that's like when i was young like this for me like is massive i am talking about helsing ultimate that's what i'm talking oh, about this right this right here <laughs> this right here it was amazing there is a video that i have seen by another person whose upload name is Geist, by the way. So just to tie that, don't, don't tie that hey. back in. I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about a 12 year old video with 283,000 views. Like, listen, 
I watched this video so many times growing up like and i finally got to watch helsing ultimate as i grew up got a little bit older and like i'm telling you it changed the way that i saw so many bits of animation the processes that go behind things the ways in which different shots are composed like some of the ways that the characters fight in this are absolutely amazing like just watching Sarah's Victoria move watching the ways in which you know she'd be ripping characters ripping people apart it was in, it was it was incredible again I got you guys for something else though. I got a double double tie-in. Like one of the other people that All we right. were just talking about before, like Yoshiko Saki Kibara, sorry. Like she is a fantastic voice actor, specifically because she is somebody who plays a really cool character. So so, so Integra Fairbrook Wingate. Like, mm-hmm. this is so, so cool. Like, just having that sort of, like, other tie-ins to what it is we were talking about just before. Like, it's just so cool to see somebody, like, exist across so many different areas of things that we're all, like, intrigued by and interested in. But to sort of bring it back all the way to sort of, like, the start, I suppose, for people who may not know, for people who may not be, you know, inclined, what am I talking about? What is housing Ultimate? So... You will have heard of vampires if you're listening to this podcast. You know what they are. You probably will have heard of them if you've just been alive at any point over the past 100 to 200 years. So, like, <laughs> there's a vampire called Alucard. has a master called Sir Integra Fairbrook Wingate Helsing. That's the person whose name I just mentioned. And they have a newly side ward called Saris Victoria. And they try to protect England from war-crazed Nazis in essence and an SS major who seeks to start, like, a kind of eternal war with, like, a large vampire army. That's what goes on. You learn about their lives and you learn about how it is that they attempt to thwart these plans. One of my favorite things about this is the fact that, as we mentioned before, talking about violence, this show gets violent. This show gets gruesome. This show gets gritty, gets bloody. It gets to the point where people are being ripped up into shreds and pieces and their shreds and pieces are being reformed to rip other people into shreds and pieces. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's one of my favorite, favorite things. And one of my favorite depictions of not just the ability to sort of like control like blood and guts and gore and make it, but to be able to do so with intention, the way that Alucard fights, honestly, the way that he kind of like unlocks his abilities as he sees fit as well. Like it's one of my favorite things, one of the coolest things I've seen in a in a fictional uh, combat situation. He's an incredibly intriguing character who, in essence, handicaps himself, and then as the fight goes on, is able to release those 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 chains, those bounds, those you know those uh, those weights. He he drops the weights, you know. That's that's what yes. he does. He does a little yeah. rockley on him, like. It, it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I you think it. Invincible was bloody and gory. No, wait until you've seen, like, actual anime. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> Helsing is definitely, like, up there in terms of, like, in terms of the violence and the subject matter and the, the seriousness of it. It it walks that really fine line between being very serious and not taking itself too seriously. Yes. In the moments that matter. Mm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, it does it, it does it with just such restraint and control that i just really appreciated it and this was like a this was very edgelord anime like 2000s era anime at that so it's very impressive yeah oh there's one other thing which i have to say as well like i must talk about like the way in which like this has been like embraced just helsing as as an ip 
it has been embraced massively by like my generation and the one like younger now even just like the way in which like the characters have this sort of like this sort of blood thirsty like just horrific kind of like red eye stare there's a there's an artist out there who you may you may have heard of he's a he's called playboy kai and uh one of the ways in which like he makes music he gives off a very similar type of a feeling that like the way that uh, Helsing can make you feel while watching it, and people have been putting AMV style puts AMV style stuff together about Carti's music and you know like the the Helsing sort of like imagery like together. There are numerous different like songs that people put together oh, with nice. respect to those two. There are numerous different bits of like art that people make with like Carti and different characters from this. There's there's lots of a sort of um there's, there's there are lots of different sort of uh what's the word for it like just the they're kind of synonymous in, in different ways. The, the the idea of that kind of like that bleeding red like violence, like of course, like even having that kind of like again like that whole lot of red like feel. It's a studio album again by Playboy Kai, but like the fact that like there's such a specific and implicit like description of like violence, but also like the intent to kind of like commit like violence that is also just like again right there in Helsing Ultimate. I just think it's just a really really cool. Just, it's just it's a really really cool sort of like mix that they're both able to give the same kind of a, a general feeling off but from such different places and spaces and different mediums as a whole as well but just yeah i, I love helsing ultimate it's amazing yeah it's funny that you mentioned playboy cardi because playboy cardi actually and it's this is kind of a sad story uh mainly because the song never got cleared uh there's a track called pissy pamper <laughs> really <Yes>. strange name <laughs> however um, it didn't get released because the sample did not get cleared. However, the sample that he was trying to clear was from an album called Tasogare, which is actually my favorite album from Mai Yamane. And if you know who Mai Yamane is, she is the vocalist for the Real Folk Blues in Cowboy Bebop. Oh, wow. She is actually uh, an amazing singer. Um, that album, like, I thought Real Folk Blues, like, that, I mean, that touches my soul every time I hear it. I can't even Absolutely. listen to that, like, around other people. Like, I get emotional when I hear that shit. But, um, Tasogare, like, that album is just fire. Like, incredible, beautiful music. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have heard the Playboy Cardi sample, but if you go back and you listen to the original, you will enjoy that as well. And, uh, I recommend anybody who has not or has actually listened to her work in Cowboy Bebop, go listen to her old music. Because she's been making music for like decades. Like before she did uh, anything for Cowboy Bebop, she was already like a acclaimed musician in Japan, a singer in Japan rather. So yeah, yeah. The fact that you brought up Playboy Cardi, I was like, oh shit, you can talk about my Yamani real quick. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so cool. Wow. But it's like, that's one of my that's one of my favorite things, just the ways that the ways in which everything kind of like mixes like together. Like again, like we, yeah. we speak about so many things as, you know, separate like industries, but like everybody creative know somebody who knows somebody else who's creative who's worked on something else with someone else like it sounds such like oh such a very plain thing to say but like no like you're working with somebody and like their best friend could be someone who's made your favorite music and you don't even know do you know like everybody has influences and everybody is you know just a few steps away from someone who's done something you know great who will inspire something that they will in turn do that's great like it's one of just like my favorite things about 
this kind of like swirling like hurricane of like creativity in which like we all you know exist i suppose like the ways yeah. in which like we get to watch you know a, a helsing and then just see so many different like you know little bits of you know real world history real life things that have occurred but also we're switching them we're making them like fictional we're adding in our own sentiments our own ideals and ideas and then like those things will go on to inspire so many other people who will in turn do the same and just yeah this um this just makes me feel really, really excited every single time that like I look at or watch anything related to it. I mean, like, I don't even need to to get into some of like the fight sequences, but I'm gonna like that. That's just yeah. so. They're just so yeah, so. You good. gotta. You gotta. That they're just so so good. Like for example, like Alexander Anderson, for example, like, that's one of like my favorite like characters in any in in any anime, just generally because of like the way in which that he is able to to move and in in many ways like match this sort of like nightmarish like figure that is like alucard like the way that they fight each other okay so just to explain again who alexander anderson even is like he's like a vatican priest who works as like a vampire kind of like a slayer and like a purifier for like this uh this is uh, this branch of like the vatican called the iscariot and he basically serves as kind of like this uh he's like an arch enemy or kind of like a, an an anti-hero type character for, for for alucard basically but he's able to in many ways like just match his skill it, it's like watching ryu and ken fight it's like watching Scorpion mm. and Sub-Zero. Like, when they're both, like, just going at it and you're just checking each other out, it's crazy. But, like, this guy is, like, he's so devout. Like, it's like he's doing, like, a taunt. He's making, like, crucifixes with his blades whilst he's, like, fighting, like, people. Like, it's what he does. It's how he it's how he seeks to, you know, express himself through fighting games. So it's not through fighting games. Through fighting, but it reminds me of what you see in fighting games. Like, he reminds me of, like, a Guilty Gear character. Like he he would he would walk right into the cast of like any oh yeah from like totally. from like a Blaze Blue Guilty Gear yeah. like when you're looking at people like this who can like be themselves into in such a specific way whilst doing damage like that like it's it's a no brainer you know what I mean and like there are so many characters like that in this and I just want for people to know that like if they're looking for something. A little bit more violent this time, like a little bit more gory, but also with some absolutely kick-ass visuals, with some beautiful audio, with some amazing voice work. You need to check out Helsing Ultimate. I'm telling you right now, like just like that, just like how James was feeling about what he was feeling about. I feel that about this. Like I'm telling you, like Helsing was everywhere on Tumblr. Helsing was everywhere on Twitter. Like you couldn't get away from seeing so much of this. People used to. In my class, in, at lunchtime even, people used to draw, like, little, like, Alucard-type characters with, like, little oh, wow. eyes everywhere and the eyes on the hands. And, like, yeah, like, because people loved, oh, people sick. loved just, like, the, that's yeah, awesome. people loved the drawings. People loved the artistry of it. And I just think that it's just, yeah, it, it's it's emblematic of so many really cool things. Even, again, just right. the fact that they got the writing on the gloves, they got the writing on the yeah. weapons. That's Daisuke. You know what I mean? Like, that's Daisuke Fratari. Like, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize it was such a big influence on on, on your your generation. That's it's so cool. Huge. I, I can totally see it now, though. Like that 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 intensity, that that crazed expression, where like looks kind of nuts, but it's you. You know what it is? They look like they're happy to be there. It, exactly. It's not like, right. It's ironically, not, it's not yeah. sadistic. It's not like oh, I'm gonna hurt you. It's like there's like a healthy sense of competition that comes through when I look at these. Uh, screenshots that you're posting it, it it looks like they're happy to be fighting each other <laughs> that's like you know on top of the <laughs> ultra violence and and i don't know there's something um inviting about it weirdly <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I, I look up just Helsing just again, and just like it just comes up like, why is Helsing often regarded as one of like the best anime questions asked here? Like, I'm telling you, like, people would not stop talking like about this, and perhaps it's just because of again, like, the fact that so much of when a lot of us like and our minds were coming up on the internet, like, we were just sort of just at like the perfect time where some of this was a little mm-hmm. bit easier to find and like a little bit more, you know, just the beginnings of things being kind of viral was popping up and stuff, and like people were just getting on Tumblr, people were just just get onto it it's kind of like a perfect kind of storm hitting kind of but i'm telling you like people would not stop talking about like things like this and like so many other things and i think a lot of it as well was to do with that with that gore factor not even to say that it was just tasteful but the fact that it was just so visceral i think that's what it was it shocked a lot of people in ways that you know we hadn't really seen or experienced before and i think that's a huge part of what made it stick so much in our in our collective memory so to speak in our brains yeah that's so cool that like i mean th- this originally uh helsing ultimate is an ova very late in the game right 2006 yeah. to 2012 i mean yeah. 2012 is around the time uh i mean by then dvd cells were starting to really slump but like i th- I, I didn't realize like when, when i hear your excitement that's totally the same as like me and james talking about like kawajiri movies you know like, yes yeah, I think it's so cool that that like I'm, I'm not that much older than you, but you know we are like slightly different yeah. generations, and y- you also had your own OVAs that you look back yeah. on. And that's I didn't realize the OVA culture actually stayed alive that much longer. It, it didn't really occur to me that like oh yeah, this is still an OVA. Like the, these are OVAs in 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 the aughts, you know. That's so I'm cool. Telling you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so telling happy. You. I'm so people, happy to people... hear that. People look at Alucard and they feel things. I'm telling you, just like mm. there's a, there's so many different people out there who have who have met who have spoken about it. People who tried to get me onto it years and years and years ago. People who who I've spoken to now that like, I've seen it like after all the time. Like just it's it's so cool, but also just the fact that again, like I I go on Crunchyroll, like, the most badass entrance in anime history. You know, like just instantly speaking about <laughs> the way in which Alucard decides to just get up and then just just walk in and then just watching again the like, Alexander Anderson make his intro as well and just yeah I, I think that there's that, that there's something to be said about like just the the way in which a good scene is choreographed in a memorable fashion and that it can play to the strengths of like characters so much so that introduction itself is memorable like obviously you want for an introduction to be memorable but like having people talk about something like years and years later it's it's a very hard thing to, to capture it's like lightning in a bottle almost but there, there are reasons as to why it is that people even like now when they're still when they're still just like drawing for example oh, I'll, I'll make a unquote like an edgy character people are gonna have like a you know like that kind of black aura coming off it and there's gonna be eyes in it there's gonna be blood there's gonna be there's gonna be shapes there's gonna be arms there's gonna be hands like that kind of a, a visual it gives me again going back to guilty gear like that's Zato one, you know what I'm saying? That's like kind of like that's that like evil darkness coming from like around the character. And I think that so many people, they really just like they just enjoy that. They enjoy the emanation of power from a source. And I think that's a big part mm. of what it is that people love about, you know, like power ups in general. Everybody loves doing Just speaking to that. Oh gone. Hmm? Sorry. Yeah, just, no, just speaking it. to that. Like Alucard is obviously a very powerful person, but yeah. this is a guy who chooses to submit to yes. Integra, right? And that's and that kind of like con- contributes to another kind of appeal. Uh, 
that uh, like a master servant relationship, but it's also still very much a relationship of equals, even in their conversations with each other. Like this is a guy who respects this uh, this woman, and he's also like that with another character from the manga who is that manga's version of the Queen of England. And yes. you, you could you could hear how genuinely affectionate this guy is for somebody who's such a misanthrope, uh, such somebody who's just really jaded and tired of humanity, but still displays this other side of him that we never see. Because normally with guys like him, they're all about the power. They're all about the ego. They're all about the exercise of control. But this guy has absolutely no hang-ups with any of that. And that's just another thing that I liked about Helsing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think just like to sort of even to speak about some more, like, not only did people obviously like very much enjoy the fact that like he was so domineering and powerful but just the fact that like you get again like there were very like strong and powerful like women in the show as well like saris was like just incredibly cool like i never for once like but i never for one moment looked at her and thought oh like she, you know, she's kind of like boring like, she, she has so many different interesting parts of like herself and who it is that she seeks to become like as she becomes you know spoiler alert like a vampire in the in the show and stuff but i mean like there are so many cool images like of her looking like she's about to like eat someone for lunch and like there's a specific episode i won't get super into it but she just goes off one episode when she kind of awakens some of her skills some more and like she finally gets to sort of like unlock a move set kind of like it, like she's in a game of like the things that she can like do now when she's like in this like vampiric form and just yeah she's like she's like under Alucard's kind of wing so to speak and she starts to you know let the um <clears throat> let the demon out so to speak and she starts to you know believe in herself some more too and I think that's a big part of why people enjoy the character too just the fact that like not only is she again like this sort of like playful but also at the same time very kind of like delicate person on like you know on the outside on the inside but like she can also be a complete like you know killing machine and i think that's a really cool thing when she sort of you know when the eyes glow when the lips curl back to the snarl when the teeth are bad like goes to show that you know even even the cutest like little animal can still give you a good bite when it's like you know in a corner and i think that's what it, that's what she kind of represents in in many people's uh, eyes as well just this person who can just go from zero to 100 just so so quickly yeah so so cool yeah yeah Oof. Oof. intense conversation tonight i'm telling yeah. you <laughs> i'm yeah. telling you yeah. it's one yeah, of the genuinely one of one of the coolest things that i've seen in just animated form just generally do you, do you guys have any other sort of like experiences with helsing just as a helsing as a as a medium <laughs> just helsing, um, helsing just in general so a lot of people might not agree with me on this, but uh, I have a very strong fondness to the opening theme song to the original Helsing, the nice. TV series. Um, mm -hmm. It is disorienting, but I really enjoy it. Like, um, it, it has a very unusual, like, sort of momentum that it builds, and then it almost feels like it doesn't pay off, but yet it's still satisfying. Like, I don't know how to like describe it. There's something about the, the way that the piano is being used, uh, that I actually really, really like, um, kind of reminds me of some of the unusual tracks that Suneo Imahori did for, uh, Gungrave actually. Um, 
there's something very interesting about the way that that was composed. And I'm almost actually surprised that they actually used that song in the the opening just because of its sort of unusual sort of like ending or like feeling. But uh, I really just, I don't know, it was a bop to me for some reason. Hmm. It's really good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did use a really good cut of it in the actual opening for the show. And the original OST, it, it ends kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, I, I really love this song. Um, and I love this opening too. Um, I used to listen to this like every Monday morning, like when I would go to work. <laughs> oh, nice. Like there was a certain time in the 2000s when uh, I was doing some like contract work for a company and I would just li- literally walk into the office and sit at my desk and listen to Hell Sing <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, man. But yeah, that's how, that was my Monday morning music for quite a while in the 2000s. Yeah. I just want to point this out as well. Like, I never even really made this connection, but just like, yeah, Alexander Anderson and Alucard, they definitely give like Dante and like Virgil vibes. Just like the guns and like the sword and just like always. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like, yeah. yeah. And the, just... You know, the kind of like the blue and the red and the white hair. Yeah. And the, yeah, it's like, it's cool. Yeah, that shot that you picked. Oh, my God. I just realized that shot from the opening when she's about to lick the blade. Oh, such good animation. Anyways. Um, wait, wait, this, wait. This, uh, the, Helsing started in what? 97? The manga, right? The manga did, so, yes. Yeah. Oh, it was obviously like a big influence in Devil May Cry, huh? Yeah. 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 Would have made, yeah. would absolutely make sense. You know, the I whole mean, two guns. Colors, the, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. My goodness. I can't believe never never really thought about that before yeah wow it's it's very very cool honestly i think one of the most interesting things about this too like the fact that obviously you can have characters that sort of like are dressed in red of course but like like i just like the fact that like they can make it their own you know it's like i almost feel like alucard's red and like dante's like red like they're, they're their own red oh, you know like, even yeah, though like yeah, they're totally. so similar but like they, they do very similar things but like again they just feel so different and that's like a testament to the development of character like the writing of that i just want to just ask again just um genuinely like jesse for example like when making or when speaking about like the development of like characters could you just like just give us like a little bit of like an insight into like what truly for the people out there who might not know like what really does like go into the creation of like a standalone like character who really like stands out someone who really is able to sort of like capture someone's imagination and their memory and just like you know we see again characters with the same kinds of clothes but like, they mean different things to different people like what do you think about that Oh my god. Um, well, honestly, I don't think creators think about the cultural impact so much, more than something that uh, a, uh, that that is relevant to them and their project. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it begins with designing for themselves before they think about designing for other people. I mean, yeah. they could take a look at what's out there, they'll probably take some notes, but ultimately, they have to go by i hate to say it just vibes <laughs> that was exactly the kind of impression that kikamiya had like a bigger older brother figure that he could see going out to have drinks with you know like a mm-hmm. complete goofball completely relatable you know somewhat cheesy but still kind of cool like that was the vibe he had in his head and that was what he cre- he communicated to his designer at the time so 
it's all about it's all about uh, first finding the tone and then designing everything else according to the tone, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So every everybody everything else that comes after it has to support uh, that vision, and whether or not it resonates is a completely different uh, a completely different thing because it's really hard to predict how people in the audience will think. But you can predict how you think, so that's what you go with. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, they're still so good. I love Helsing. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet. I love Helsing. <laughs> Watch tweet. Helsing Ultimate. Blah, blah, blah. That end. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, um, I think we. Th- th- this is probably a pretty good time to start winding down. I think we we covered some good stuff, and um, yeah. I you know I, I I would love to do this again if if y'all are are up for it. Like, I, I, could, I don't mind. Do I could one. talk about anime yeah. all day, every day. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. I'm honestly with it. Maybe maybe it could just be a regular feature. <laughs> I mean, because there, there's so there's endless amounts of anime and animation in general. We to, are not to, well to known for containing one topic to one episode. There's not. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. If you look up art That's eater in the dictionary. It's not no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, this was fun. I. So good. I, you know, like I mean, this is so fun because like I, when I saw MD. MD Geist way back in the day, like we we rented it and like dubbed it onto a, a Betamax tape, like yeah. I, I had it on a, a fuzzy beta, you know, and I would just watch that over and over, like alone, offline as a kid, and it's so f- fun to like dig into that memory and just put that out into the world with my friends here, like it, it, it's to draw a connection from that time, like so many years ago to now, like. I, 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 you know, I feel pretty good about where I am right now, right? To be able to draw that line back then till now. It's yes. Like, hey, yeah. That's Absolutely. Good. To be able to be here, talk with my friends about these things. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's important to do. I think that, just sort of, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll close it out. But one of the most important things, I think, with respect to this, obviously, like, it's those foundational building blocks. I think that everybody has them, everybody has their own. Your specific thing that they saw that you know really massively inspired them, or and it again like it doesn't have to be like the most popular like thing in the world. It could be it could be like you know a, a washing detergent commercial that's like I made something and like whoa that looks really cool like wow and you're like you know seven eight years old or something like it could be literally it. like everybody has a special thing and I think one of the coolest things growing older and learning to not just appreciate it but to meet people if they want it. And as we said, like draw the lines from the tent now, and then put out your things are inspired, like by that they inspire just someone else. But if you could ask any people that have been involved in anything, I'm sure to the gentleman said that it's like, hey, do you think that this would you know be as important to other people as it is? And they're probably like, nah, I just like to do it, and I think that's a big part of you know what makes. All of this so special it's just that, like things start as special to us first and i think that that's where the sort of true beauty of that can lie yeah 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 absolutely, absolutely. i um yeah. i feel you know chatting about ovas like it's it's 
with y'all it's it's not just like nostalgia it's not like oh hey you remember this or that it's no like this is a living thing that we still carry with us right there there's certain yeah. yeah like you said like there, there's there's just something about it just appealed to us and and and, and stuck with us and it's that's something we can you know keep passing the torch down into the future through like recommending stuff but also through our own work through creating new yes. things inspired by these things yeah. absolutely and it's, I, it's, it's so it feels I, so good uh, to be connected yeah yeah yes. like i mean you know anybody who's seen any of the work that i've done like you all know that that that's like a, a massive ingredient to uh, the, the things that I, I create and the feel that I try to encapsulate in my own work. And, um, you know, it's great to be able to just talk to other people who, you know, share a similar love for it. You know, like I, 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 I get so excited talking about this stuff, man, because it's so important to me. So it's great to uh, share that with other people, you know, with my friends, you know, uh, coworkers, but also like to the Internet. You know, there's so many people who have not seen any of this stuff. You know, and to be able to potentially be a catalyst for other people to, you know, go down that rabbit hole, so to speak, of uh, an era of anime that, you know, they weren't around for and hopefully possibly fall in love with it or at least just be able to appreciate it for what it is. I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's uh, wrap stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. This was so good. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for 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 making it this week. Um, uh, Jesse, always, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, you, you, you're always welcome here. Yes, you come you. back as, as frequently as you like about whatever topic. It's always a good time chatting with you. Yeah, Absolutely. Anytime. Oh, yeah. OK, so um, I will do the outro and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll let people know like what we're up to, how how they can follow along. Right. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly do the, the podcast outro. All right. So uh, thank you, uh, dear listener, for, for listening uh, all the way to then, for, for you know, taking your, your precious time, uh, spending that time with us. Uh, yeah, always a pleasure to record and, 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 and be here with everyone, just talk about stuff that we love. Um, so if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to uh, follow uh, and keep up to date with uh, whenever the new ones come out. Um, the best place to do that is to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Art Eater Podcast. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R Podcast. Um, and if you want to catch up on the older podcasts, head over to our website. That's arteater.com. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R dot com. Um, and just click on the podcast section. Everything we've ever recorded is up there in uh, various formats too. We've linked to just any platform that uh, you know you, you enjoy your podcasts on, whether it's iTunes, Libsyn, whatever. Like, uh, hopefully it's on there. If it's not, shoot us a line on Twitter. Let us know uh, where else we we should be uploading. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you you can uh, support us on on Patreon. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash arteaterog. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R-O-G. Um, yeah, we're not super active on Patreon. We gotta, <laughs> I got to be a bit better about that. But uh, just know if you support us there, that'll um, uh, help us out with the, the, the podcast. And um, yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Richmond. I'm on uh, Twitter all the time. Uh, you can follow me at Richmond Lee. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E. Uh, shoot me a line. Just, you know, 
let let me know how you're enjoying the podcast. If there's anything uh, you want us to cover, uh, be happy to chat there. Yep. And um, yeah, let's uh, uh, Sean. Let let everyone know what what you're up to and yeah, how, how yep. they can follow the exploits of Sean Borski online. <laughs> Well, I'm Sean, usually here at the podcast. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K, on Twitter. Um, I talk about PC games, UX, re retweet stuff that all these fine people are making. Um, I'm doing a lot of mentoring uh, recently on adplist.org. Uh, so you can just search for me on there if you're interested. Free, free both directions for mentors, uh, mentees. It's mostly like design, products, uh, engineering people, so... If you're looking to get into into the industry, uh, I have a lot of mentees that are trying to get into the game industry. So uh, if that's something you're interested in, feel free to talk to me or anybody else on the site. Uh, we'll mention that we have a, or not we, but their ADP list has a, a big uh, digital conference coming up uh, May 10th called Product Day uh, that I will be speaking at along with 60 other uh, mentors. Uh, ment you know, So a lot of different good content there. I think it's like, five bucks a ticket um to attend but uh you can also tag me or any mentors on twitter or on linkedin even if that's something you can't afford and they have a thing called the scholarship fund uh that basically is people have donated tickets for anybody that wants to join that if, even if they can't afford it so and on top of that mentors have a, a budget of a, a couple different free tickets they can give out so if it's something you're interested in check it out it's called product day um otherwise i will also mention that um, you probably shouldn't check it out, but I've been trying to do a lot more, uh, just like streaming when I'm playing games on a YouTube, um, my YouTube channel called Dvorsk plays games. I've mostly oh, nice. just been, been streaming my exploits in, uh, the Diablo four beta recently. Um, I'm also playing through, uh, doing like, like blind let's plays of indie games that I'm interested in. So I'm working on a let's play of, um, redemption reapers right now, mm -hmm. which is a oh. fun uh <laughs> small game from a japanese studio so uh yeah if you want to see me die a lot to a diablo boss or you want to see me uh, talk <laughs> about a tactical jrpg or if you want to see me play uh enslaved <laughs> for the first time it's a good channel for you otherwise i wouldn't recommend <laughs> it so thank you talk to y'all later all right uh this is james stanley the resident fighting game expert at art eater uh this is a wonderful episode uh, as someone who is uh, definitely a product of uh, 80s anime, specifically the OVA era, this is definitely an episode that was very near and dear to me uh, because uh, a lot of my art actually embodies a lot of this stuff and it is an energy and a vibe that is undying uh, in the work that I do and the projects that I want to create. Uh, if you're interested in any of that stuff, um, you should definitely check me out on Twitter. Uh, I definitely talk about that a lot, as well as uh, a lot of Japanese like competitive fighting game stuff too. But uh, at the same time, uh, I definitely have a strong like a soft spot for '80s, uh, '90s anime. Um, so if you're into that, uh, you should definitely check out my Twitter. My Twitter is beefy kunoichi. That is b double e f y underscore k u n o i c h i. Um, I also actually have a Patreon uh, where I do tutorials. Um, and actually have exclusive illustrations and some behind-the-scenes stuff for other projects that I'm currently working on. You know what that is. Uh, if you don't, uh, I am making a love letter to fighting games. Uh, it is called Part-Time Shuffle. Uh, one day it will happen, and for now it is on my Patreon. 
and uh, you can see some cool stuff there for that. My Patreon is also Beefy Kunoichi, but there is no underscore. So it's B-E-E-F-Y-K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. I just finished a really fun, cool Psylocke tutorial for uh, illustration I did that was an homage to X-Men Children of the Atom, as well as the Japanese opening to the X-Men animated series. So if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, uh, you can also find that there on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Kunoichi. I endorse this. It's good content. <laughs> really cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, this yeah, episode those... has been so much fun. Also, oh, oh, I was just gonna say that I, I, I saw a sneak peek of James's latest updates. It's, it's it's looking great. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, right, check this out. Hey, everybody, it's Adam. Please be here once again. As always, it is your favorite game level designer, pixel artist, and also international tech on the fire. It was really good to be back here with the crew this time. For real, like it always is, but this was just so good. It felt like kind of like a like an anime therapy, if you will. It was it was great. I really enjoyed it. I hope that everyone else had a great time too. Um, I go by Adrian on Twitter. You can find me over there at AJ Mattis. It's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and create projects that I see. If anyone wants and or needs any pixel-related work or help, I'm active at the moment. And yeah, like I'm just out here living life, enjoying myself, preparing for some fights that I have in the next coming month. And I'll keep everyone else updated about that. I'm very, very excited. Things are really clicking together well. Jigsaw pieces are returning and in different shapes. Things are definitely looking good. So without further ado, passing back over to Jesse Lamb. Jesse, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, you can find me for art and real industry takes over at AXL99 at Twitter. Yeah, radical. Right. Um, cool. Yeah, any, any uh, interesting projects you got going that maybe, um, you know, uh, you'd like to tell people about? Um, personal or, or work stuff? Uh, uh, personal, professional. Um, I mean, whichever great artists. Yeah. Like, uh, I've, 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 yeah, people will, will enjoy looking whatever it is that you're working up on. Like, well, I'm still in my up. anime fashion era, so you'd expect to see okay. a couple of, uh, a couple of those coming out soon TM. In fact, I'm actually, I've been working on one for the whole podcast actually, and it's pretty oh. close to being done. <laughs> so. Oh, dang. Yeah. You were drawing this whole time? I was oh my goodness, awesome! Drawing this entire uh, time, so if if any like any uh, um, mechanical keyboard clicks, sorry about that. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I, it's totally fine. It's all yeah. good. No, I, I, I didn't I, hear anything. Yeah, you you, you were silent <laughs> and deadly with your your, your drawing. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. surgical. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. if we were talking about anime. There was no way I could just sit there and not think and draw anime while we yeah, were yeah. talking yeah. about yeah. it. So oh, I gotta see are. this. We gotta see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh, but yeah. May, may, could we? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, whenever you're ready, I, I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. No problem. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But everybody, thanks so much for listening. We've had a great show. I just want to let you all know we get very, very much about you all. I just want to just uh, Richmond tell them about the Patreon one more time just to make sure that they know. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Tell them about the Patreon. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we have a Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com slash arteaterog. Um, 
yeah, we, we got a lot of big plans uh, for Art Eater uh, in, in, in the coming months. Um, of course, we regularly do the podcast. We've been really good about that. Um, you know, we also have the website. Uh, been slowly chipping away at several articles on my uh, precious free time. Um, and uh, who knows, you know, there's there's rumblings about potential uh, videos and, you know, other things that may may, may be in the works. Uh, a lot of, lot of cool stuff. A lot yeah. of cool stuff coming up really, really soon. So everybody, thanks so much for listening. Take care, stay safe, and we will all see you next time. Peace out. Goodbye. Peace. Later. Yeah. Bye. Outro music, outro music, outro music. Bye. Bye.